did you guys hear that? That is the sound of Naito and LIJ fans getting hype and excited for another G1, only for him to choke again in the finals. I'm sorry. I had to say it. Naito, I don't know what's going on, dude. You better win this year, or I'm like, I'm going to pull my hair out. I don't really have hair to pull out, but it would be nice. Anyway, this is Tove coming back from a break. Got to recharge sometimes. Block Talk was giving us some issues this morning, but thankfully everything worked out. Today is July 12th, 2019. It's a good Friday morning. Hope you guys are having a good day. Uh, we got some stuff up on the board today, pretty simple stuff. We're going to be talking about the G1. They're going to be continuing later on uh, tonight, past midnight, because of the time difference. So uh, G1 is going to be having three shows, day two, day three, and day four. Uh, very busy weekend. Got the G1 going on. There's going to be a UFC show as well. I'm not into UFC, but that's going on. It's going to be an Evolve show also happening around the same time. And then we also got AEW doing Fight for the Fallen. So Fight for the Fallen, that's going to be on um, the Bleach Report app for free in America and Canada, I believe. And the Evolve show will be featured on the WWE Network. So that's cool. And then tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, but the day after tomorrow, on Sunday, you got Extreme Rules. So you got the WWE, AEW, uh, Evolve, Slash, NXT, New Japan, and, of course, UFC. So... Very busy weekend. There's something for everybody out there. So um, if you guys want to talk, just call in. Uh, guest number today is going to be 347-205-9861. It's 347-205-9868. I'm sorry. I got the number mixed up. 347-205-9868. It's 347-205-9868. Feel free to call in. Don't be shy. People get nervous, but we're regular people, you know. Anyway, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our first caller. I think KME is going to be calling in, and uh, hopefully I got this theme right for him. I think I got it right. Anyway, here we go. What's up with the 80s music, man? You know, I'm going to call you Professor K <laughs> from now on. Does that work? That's fine with me, man. <laughs> it sounds like something from like um, like a like a John Carpenter like 80s flick, like Escape from New York. I like that movie. Yeah, I think they that that song is used in one of in one of those movies. I just don't remember which one. But um, yeah, it's def- like I, that's always been one of my favorite WCW NWA themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, what's going on with you today, Kami? How's how's things going on in the LA area? Talk about the quake. Uh, were you affected by it? Any? No, we weren't affected by it, but we 
definitely felt both of them. I was with my girlfriend when the first one happened. <laughs> she felt it after me. I was sitting on the floor, and I just felt the ground move. And then, like, uh, a few seconds later, she started to feel it. And then the second earthquake, I was with my friends, and my friend John felt it before me. I was walking to my car getting uh, my um, solar charger out, and uh, I felt it first, and he didn't feel it. Oh, no, he felt it first, and then it took me a second. And then he's like, it's an earthquake. And then I was like, what, what are you talking about? And then I start feeling the growl move real hard. And I was like, ah, oh, shoot. So, yeah, I, I anticipate something is a brewing. Yeah, sorry about that. You guys were kind of overdue for one. Admittedly, it's been a while since a majorly powerful quake, but I'm sorry to hear that. Right. Um, yeah, I've yeah always, true. I've always been a little nervous about the uh, – the, the nice houses you guys have over there, like on the beachfront, you know, because I've always felt like all it takes is a good shake to knock them off foundation. But no matter where you live, there's yeah. always going to be something you got to deal with, I suppose. So. Well, yeah, that's why I don't live by the beach because I, I want to be as <laughs> I, I want to be close to the beach, or want to be as far inland as I can in case some shit pops off, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, going forward, I'm just going to refer to you as Professor K. And if you want that to be an X-Men reference, it could be. So, Or actually, it could be a Men in Black reference, too. You know, it could be a Men in Black reference as well. So yeah. um, I think uh, – oh, wait, uh, Kami, why don't you go ahead and give your um, – you know, plug your stuff before we get started. All right, well, I um, – Christopher Marquise Ely, KME. Uh, what I do is I um, do a – a few different shows on the Spreaker Network. Um, uh, the first show I did was was with Toph, where we ran ran through um, what was it the Firefest, and I went back and listened to it, and I got real nervous and stuff. Uh, and some of the edits are a little bit wonky, but we still had about um, sixty five piece people listening to it, so. Um, and I got some emails on it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a a fire fest, not a fire fest, a, um, fight for the falling post show, um, so that and then I do this show every Monday called Power Dynamics on Spreaker. It just that's a political science show where I just talk about different um, terms in political science, cognitive biases, and stuff like that. And just go over it, and yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got going on at the moment. Um, and I'm debating on if I'm going to go to Canada, uh, Toronto, for the uh, for SummerSlam week. And I'm not going to SummerSlam because I just don't give WWE my money anymore. But um, I am <laughs> going to uh, to I, I wouldn't mind going to the weekend. Say, see you, yeah, I wouldn't mind going to the weekend and seeing those festivities. Okay. All right, well, we got got uh, area code 475 on hold. I believe this is Nate. Let me go ahead and play his theme because uh, he's a big razor mark. Mm-hmm.
Nate, please tell everyone your obsession with Razor. I don't think you've ever uh, said it on this show before. I'm telling you, <clears throat> from day one, he, he should have beat Bret Hart at the 1993 Royal Rumble for the WWE title, or WWF title, I should say, back then. So, yeah, there we go. I don't know. I just like, because I like Scarface. I'm a big Scarface fan. And I thought he was a cool character and stuff. I, I got the ooze in my cheese shirt back in the day when I was in, like, middle school. I don't know. I just thought he was a cool character. So, and the Razor's Edge. I used to give, like, kids off the school bus the Razor's Edge because we used to wrestle when we got off the school bus. <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah. You know, that's that's like one guy. Probably, if he died like from an overdose or son or something, you know, because I know he had like a lot of issues, I'd probably be sad for if a uh, Razor died because I thought he was like the coolest character, not my favorite wrestler of all time, but the coolest uh, character of all time that I always liked. So, but uh, hopefully mm-hmm. I can stay on a, a little while. Yeah. I don't know. Blog Talk was acting up, so hopefully I don't get cut off or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's having some issues today, and uh, thankfully Razor's in a better place now. Um, I always thought that uh, the Razor Ramon story that Scott Hall tells is pretty much proof that Vince McMahon doesn't really know what's going on out in the outside world because when they were kind of pitching Scott Hall about the Razor Ramon character, Scott basically told Vince, did you see the movie Scarface? And Vince was like, the hell is that? And Scott was like, you never seen Scarface? <laughs> like, you know, it's like Vince really just doesn't have a clue what's going on. And then Batista, you know, God bless Batista, he kind of um, – well. I, I kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt, but it was still stupid because, you know, when Batista, when he came back for that failed run in 2014, you know, he was hoping that they could, you know, perhaps throw some, throw some, you know, spotlight on the Guardians movie. And, and of course, the story goes that Stephanie yeah. just laughed at Batista and, and they didn't think the Guardians movie would, would be big. Now, I'm not defending them. What I will say is that the Guardians of, of the oh, – I knew who Guardians were. I mean, I'm a geek. KME's a geek, like we're into comic stuff, so I knew who they were. I will admit the Guardians weren't necessarily big, but the point is, even if you didn't know who they were, the the Marvel and, and the whole MCU franchise yeah. is guaranteed money. So, so they yeah, should have that, known. that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's Disney and Marvel. Yeah. That's the only thing you need to know. Like. <laughs> See, I don't much. get what Vince McMahon, so. I don't get what Vince McMahon, how, how could you not know about Scarface in the 80s? Cocaine was running wild and wrestling in the 80s. Come on. Wake <laughs> up. Yeah, you know, okay. that's why, like, a lot of people don't want to want to hear this, and, and I've said this before, and I, I personally, like, I relate to it because, I mean, I know we're all, like, different ages. You guys are a little bit older than me, but I was in, I was in high school in the heart of the early 2000s. I was in high school from 2001 to 2005, and I can honestly say that John Cena, the doctor of economics, was legitimately the last character that John, that Vince McMahon, like, created. Everything that the Thugonomics character did was a great spin on what was popular in the culture at the time. You know, 106 in Park mm-hmm. on uh, BET, they, do, they did Freestyle Friday, uh, Yo Mama on MTV, um, uh, Drumline with Nick Cannon, 8 Mile with Eminem. I mean, that whole, like, 01, 02, 03 was a very hip-hop, urban-based time, Cena giving the Spinner U.S. title and then later the Spinner uh, WWE title. Everybody was all about spinning rims. Dave Chappelle was joking about it on the Chappelle show all the time. Um, Cena was a really great representation of what was going on and culture at the time. And then after that, it stopped. So, I mean, because people say, oh, but what about uh, 
well, what about Punk or Brian? Or I'm like, well, he didn't make them though. <laughs> like they just, yeah. they just, they just came in and did their own thing, you know. So, right. uh, yeah, Vince still watches TV, from what I hear. I mean, I know he reads like newspaper and stuff. So, um, all right, we got one more person calling. I think this is JCD. I'm gonna go ahead and play his theme for old times' sake. Uh, John, man, I was listening to the Beer Money theme the other day, and it just it just hit me really hard. You know, like something like you don't realize how much you miss something until you hear the theme, and you're like, gone, damn, right? I really like them. Oh, and, and man, I love Beer Money so much. It doesn't, suck. it doesn't suck in the sense of, man, it sucks. It just sucks like it probably means there's really no chance anytime soon. The fact that Storm is quietly doing his own thing in the NWA right now, you know, they shot that controversial angle with, what is that, that North American title? It means, like, mm-hmm. there's even, for the immediate future, there'd be no chance of, like, hey, you know, what if we paired Storm with, with with Rude and, you know, tried to get them back together, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I go watch clips of theirs every now and then, and, you know, yeah, it's true. You don't realize really what you had until it's gone, and, and they are the perfect case of that, like, you know, they. You know, for all the the grief that makeshift teams get, you know, and and in most cases, rightfully so. Every now and then, you get the you do get the, you know, the case where it worked out. I mean, if if you were ever a proponent of makeshift teams working, they're your poster boys for it. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you had two guys who were, you know, not that they were doing nothing in TNA, but they were really kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum as far as their characters, as far as their bookings go. And you know what? They put them together. And I'm sure if it didn't work out, if they didn't gel, whatever, it would have been the type of thing that, you know what, we could just kibosh in a couple of weeks. Let's put it together. Let's tape some TV with it, see how it goes. If it's not received well, next set of TV taping, Bruce is single, Storm's a single again. And you know what? No, no nothing's lost. And, I mean, it was like any time those guys would get together and do just anything. You know, maybe not the feud. Maybe the feud, and I've touched on how disappointing the feud ended up being, but not because of anything of their own, but because of just the way, you know, Dixie booked it and everything. You know, I mean, they they were part of the fun. They were money, man, no matter what they were doing. If they were teaming up together, if they were in fortune, if they were you know, in singles, and, you know, they were feuding against each other, or even when Storm quietly returned after that quick NXT run, you know, they, they, there was never a spurt with them, like I said, other than the feud itself, that you were like, eh, that thing with beer money wasn't that good. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah, just yeah, really I, high I, on I them. Always have been. I, I, I just, you know, like I said, the feud is the only thing. And, you know, it's a shame, but I, that wasn't their fault. They were just, they should have been positioned on that show and going into that show 
a lot better than they were, and it should have been about the title. It, it should have been. And, you know, the fact that that match served as a backdrop for, what was his name, King Mo, you know, TNA. King, I forgot about that. That was just bad. I remember I wrote about it at the time. I ranted and raved any single time. I had any type of audio, whether it was Jay's show, whether it was our show, I, I just ranted about how long that was. And still, six years later, six and a half years, seven years later, I stand my ground. I think that was one thing and I'm, that if you really want to kill Dixie, because that's who it was at the end of the day. It was Dixie and, uh, you know, Bischoff was kind of gone at that point. Hogan was still there, but Hogan wasn't the creative boy force behind the scenes that he was like a year earlier, you know, when no, Angle goes, angle goes over tonight, brother. Um, you know, <laughs> it was more about just Dixie saying, no, you guys are this and that's it. And, and that, if you ever want to crucify Dixie for shit, crucify Dixie for shit like that. Because that was two guys who were basically there more or less from the beginning. I mean, you know, maybe not week one in 2002, but they were there. I mean, you had America's Most Wanted. You had Team Canada. Those guys, when I think of TNA, granted, I'm not saying they were there the very first episode in June 2002, but when I think of hardcore TNA originals, yes, you think of AJ. Yes, maybe you mentioned Sonny Siaki and some of these other guys that were there in the beginning, but... America's Most Wanted and Team Canada are right there. They, they're right there on that list. And it was just, it was a shame that they never got their just due. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, this is what we have on uh, line for discussion, and I'm happy I got KME here because I know KME and JCD are most likely guys going to be on total opposite spectrums. Uh, here's the topics of discussions we got today. I'm going to do, do uh, the most respectable way. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm going to do it in order. Uh, probably the stuff that's going to take up the most time. So we got the uh, evolve and um, fight for the fallen. We're going to go over that later. We got the extreme rules card. We're going to go over that later. I'm just going to go through uh, the G1 brackets, day two, three, and four. I'm going to go over that later. But what I want to start off with is I want to start off with this because I figure it's going to mostly take up most of the time. Is We're going to talk about this Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch stuff, what's going on with Rollins in his head. Because uh, we haven't actually discussed it here on um, on this particular show. I've discussed it on other shows, and I know that uh, KME, Nate, and JCD, and all you guys have like just different opinions on it. So um, I'm not going to go much into it because I've already talked will. about it I, enough I, already. I, think we're gonna, I, th- I could see us quietly being more or less. Uh, knowing this group the way I know it, I have a feeling we're going to kind of be on the same page here. I, okay. I'd be more surprised well, if we Okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and just go through, like, my quick thoughts. Uh, you know, earlier this week on, on, you know, I was checking our private PWP chat, and I saw that T-shirt, the man's man. And when I saw it, I <laughs> legitimately thought it was kayfabe news. You know, for the, you know like everybody knows kayfabe news, a really funny wrestling satire site. I legit thought it was a kayfabe news thing. And then, John, you were like, no, it's real. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I clicked on it, and it had, like, the official WWE logo. And I was like, there's no way this dude is wearing this on live television. And sure enough, he did. 
And I was like, wow, like that is just total cringe. And um, I then talked to Tech, uh, another friend of the program that uh, KME and they have talked to. You've talked to him too, JTD, back when they did yeah. the Eric Bischoff interview. And, and Tech, he follows Raw a lot more than I do. And this is the weirdest thing for me. Like this, this, this is to me is like weird. And and I feel like, see, this is a wrestling podcast, right? And I don't like discussing personal stuff um, because to me, wrestling is an escape from from personal stuff. I don't like I don't like gossiping. So I asked Tech a very basic question, and I was really kind of triggered by this question because Tech he follows Raw every week, and I said, "Yo, have Becky and Seth even kissed on TV?" And he said, Becky slapped his ass once, and that's it. And I was yeah. like, dude, there are, like, kayfabe couples that have kissed. I remember when fucking Santino and Tamina kissed. Yep. I remember when Beth Phoenix and Santino kissed. Like, there are kayfabe couples that have kissed, and they're dating yep. in real life, and they haven't. Like, that is not good for marketing. That's not good for your drawing power. And that's not good for Seth. Clearly, it's hurting Seth more than Becky. And then, and then when you combine this with the whole like, you know, the, the Twitter stuff from earlier, and and then him saying my dick is bigger than yours because I make more money than yours, and all that, like, it's it's hurting Seth really. And then Roman just kind of being respectful about how Moxley left, and then Seth kind of being like he took his ball and he went home. Like honestly. And I'm being, like, 100% serious. All this stuff put together, it sounds like an excuse to turn and heal. They could do that if they really wanted to go that way. I mean, I don't think they would, but um, yeah, a lot yeah, of fans you know have really kind of just been second, rubbed the wrong way. Hang you know? on a second. Hang on a second. And I agree with you. Big picture, whole picture, this, this has not been a good, I don't know, six weeks for Rollins. I don't know if that's the right time frame. But as far as the Ambrose thing goes, and, yo, you can feel however you want about your job. You can, you can leave your job for whatever reason you want. And, and Ambrose, you know, he did the Jericho interview, and it was like, okay, all right, this is a guy who was legitimately frustrated. Okay? You walked away from the Jericho interview, and you're like, okay, I get it, whatever. Everything he's done since, though, I'm not going to lie. I feel like now he's coming off like, I don't know if it's just part of the gimmick. Like people want him to do the interview. Like he's going to do a sit down with Jr. at StarCast. I guarantee you that's just going to be a WWE bitch fest. That's all it's going to be. Okay. I feel like he's turning into that guy. And I don't know if it's just who he is or if it's just, well, you know, John, I want the guy that's, that's going to complain about no, what it is. Harry is I'll tell you what off. it is. What it is is, is that on, you got to realize that when Moxley was in WWE, he never talked. He was one of the few dudes that never talked. That's he never fine. used social That's media. Fine. He never did interviews. So because he never talked, he has more pent up energy no inside of him. I'll give than, you that. Some, I'll give you right. that. Okay, that's fine. But you know what? He felt that way about the company. That's fine. He did what he did. He decided not to re-up. On the way out, the company did do right by him. And, I, and I've seen people say WWE did wrong by him on the way out. How could, you, how could anyone say that, okay? You know, he got a farewell special on the freaking network. 
Okay, yeah, that they paid him five hundred bucks for. <laughs> okay, listen, that was his payoff. But hang on, let me, I'm getting to something. How many other guys? Hey, listen, let's be honest. How many other guys? The minute they lost to EC3 that one week, would have kept losing to him over and over and over again, and would have been embarrassed or taken off TV. Heck, Gallows and Anderson said they weren't going to resign in September. Forget about getting taken off TV. They got taken off the road. Okay. So I'm saying, like, if you look at how they treat talent on their way out, he got treated pretty good. And, yes, part of that was because they were hoping to get him last minute to say, okay, I'll stay. Not going to lie. Total agenda there. But Rollins, for whatever reason, okay, felt that – I don't think this was personal against Moxley, but I think Moxley was the final straw. The company, and in, in a lot of cases, rightfully so, has just been kicked and kicked and kicked and kicked. And you know what Rollins did? Rollins got up and, and said, enough. And you know what? Maybe it was a little wrong where, how far he went with Osprey, but if you're going to look at just the whole, yeah, he left and took his ball and went home, and this place is the best place in the world, you can't kill somebody for thinking they have the best job in the world. And that's the only part of it that I feel is unfair to Rollins. That, you know, oh, he's a cheerleader. Oh, he's this, he's that. Dude, that dude, dude, dude loves where he works. He feels, okay. You know, Chris, I'm sure you, you're happy where you work. If someone shitted on your job, you would defend it. As much as a hellhole as my job was before I got hurt, if you would have shitted on it in public, I would have at least been like, nah, chill, man. You know, that, that's my whole. Like, I, I just don't understand the. I don't understand the uh, took your ball and went home analogy because he served out his contract he, and then he yeah, left. It's not you know? like, yeah. I don't get that. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's not like he turned and, and, uh, last January and said, I'm done, I'm leaving, like Austin did in 02. Mm-hmm. I agree with that a yeah. thousand percent. It's not like Neville or I, whatever going on with Sasha. Like he literally stayed there. He he was on Raw, yeah. SmackDown, or whatever pay-per-views <laughs> yep. they asked him for, and he did his job, yeah. so there was no yeah, ball. And, uh, if anything, me, he took his like, ball and um, traded it in. Right, and he for me, it's to go like from a, job A to job B. He went from he went from I don't know J C Penny to Macy's. Like with, when I yes, at my job, I have people that quit all the time, and it's always over some kind of bitterness. I don't get involved in that because I understand the frustrations uh, that some people go through, and everyone's experience isn't my experience. So it would be wrong right. for me to, like, just get on, on and right. defend the company and, and act like I know everything that was going on with the individual. Here's my – I'm actually the opposite of you. I have more of a problem – with what Rollins did to to Moxley than he did to Osprey, because Osprey, I thought what he said about Osprey was was tasteless. But at the end of the day, Osprey did kind of walk into that comment, um, and you know he 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 you know responded to Rollins' stupid tweet or whatever. So I, I didn't have that big of a problem with it. The bank account line was dumb, but it is what it is. I have more of a problem with the with the with the Ambrose thing because Ambrose didn't he said nothing about about good things about Rollins and he didn't he he his beef was with one man 
And Rollins not one time in his little Sports Illustrated interview say Ambrose was wrong about it. He all he did was get on this guy's case for um, stating stating his opinion. And I know I do think that like I wouldn't I'm never taking a corporation's side over um a fellow colleague. That's just not in my DNA. And I I I do think that um that Rollins uh you know, I, I do think he owes I think he owes Ambrose an apology personally. That's my opinion. Yeah, but I don't know if he went after Ambrose specific like I said, I think Ambrose might have been the tipping point. And if if, if it turns out that Rollins has a problem with, with Moxley and that's what triggers then I'll be the first one to say, okay, I was wrong. I don't think, especially when they were so tight for all those years, okay? Yeah, he, and I'm sure, a, I'm sure Rollins, if Rollins had a legit problem with Moxley and him leaving, I'm sure Rollins could have turned around and said, I'm not doing the Shield farewell stuff. This, this, is, this is where I'm calling out Seth. And this is like where I'm calling out Seth. And again, I'm going to try to keep this very friendly because I try hard not to keep it personal. We've all been at a job before at some point in our life where things might be going well for us, but there's like a coworker, and we can just tell it's not going well for them for whatever reason. Maybe they're not being used right or maybe they're not feeling appreciated. I think that Seth, and I hate to say this because he's still a cool dude, but I think Seth has it's, it's kind of hard to relate to other people when you've been like in the elite the entire time. Mm-hmm. Seth has really been treated good. He's one of yeah. the few guys I can say right. in WWE that has genuinely been treated good since day one. Like from the time he debuted, this would be he's like, been protected. This would be he's like been groomed. In a year from now, this would be like in a year from now, a guy like Michael Tozawa or Darby Allin having a problem with something with AEW and Cody mm-hmm. bitching and moaning about it when Cody probably will have no idea what those guys are dealing with. Mm-hmm. This dude, yeah. Ron has consistently, since his debut, he's consistently been featured. Yeah. He's consistently mm-hmm. in a title picture of some kind. When he wasn't in the right. World Championship, he was in the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. Championship, He's consistently featured on TV. He's consistently have storylines. Some of them may not be Has good, he worked, but he's always wait a used. Now, now you got me thinking. Has he worked a non-title program? No. Other than, no. Other than like the Shield all, the only, stuff. The only, time, the only time I can really think where he was like in a, in a kind of a top feud that didn't involve a title was that Samoa Joe thing when they called up Joe. Other than that, yeah. like, He's always been and that mini like, feud with case. Bray. But you're right. That's right, that right. And the mini feud. That's it. The mini feud with Bray. His Everything girlfriend literally involved. is one of the. Right, and and of course, not only has he always been protected, Triple H likes him, Vince likes him. Yeah. Literally, his girlfriend is the Raw Women's Champion. He's Universal Champion, and so obviously he's got to be like a, you know, he's making a lot of money. So things for him are going great. And that's awesome. Right. And I just feel like that he's triggered that other people are saying negative things about this right. company that's doing great for him. And it's like, okay, it's doing great for you, but, you know, 
It's not doing great for the other person. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I agree with that. I can see that I mean, being an issue. He's the champ. The show sucks at the moment. The ratings are at a record record low, and most of the time that falls on the champion. And he, and I don't yeah, to be to be fair to Rollins. To be fair to Rollins, the ratings in business aren't down. Because yeah, he's got the belt. Fault, but he takes it he takes it personally. Mm-hmm. The wrestling industry has always been like a top end industry. If the right. if the ratings suck, they always blame the champ for right. it. Right. Uh, right. Oh, business is, honestly, down, business is down because Michaels has the title. No, business is down because you got Sparky Plug versus the goon. <laughs> you know, like that's why business yeah, is down. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, honestly, Seth, he kinda reminds me a little bit of Eddie. You know, I mean, because right. we didn't really yeah, see it, but, you know, there's been stories for years that. that when Eddie was – right, right, cause when, because ratings, for those that don't know, like when Eddie was champion, there was a period where ratings went down, and it had nothing to do with him. Ratings were just down at the time, and Eddie took it personally. And you can ratings find many shoots because, of Kurt Angle and, and, and Bubba. And, with, you know, the difference right. is yeah, Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak feuding with the APA. Yeah, the difference right. between you can, you can find is that Rollins is blaming uh, everybody else. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie blamed himself. Well, what about you, Nate? I know you don't really watch as much as you used to, but, like, do you think this, well, I mean, this, this, what's well, that done? Thinking, do you find it, like, weird, unusual? No, I mean, the whole thing with uh, Rollins, um, I'm just wondering, like, Maybe it's not really Rollins' true feelings about Moxley. Maybe someone in the office said, hey, go out there and yeah. badmouth Moxley, you know, like Vince or, yeah. or Triple H. So you can, t- you know, we'll, we'll, we'll you yeah. know. We'll, we'll, That's a possibility. You know, you think of that. Listen, we, we I mean, need to answer this. We can't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we we'll can't do it. You go take the heat well, for us. Yeah. So. Well, and yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like, like you go do this. It's almost yeah, like how they're hiring Bischoff well, and um, Bischoff and Heyman. It's basically taking pressure off events. Of if the ratings go down, they're going to blame you know Heyman and Bischoff once they take power. Yeah. So it's basically taking heat off of them. Um, yeah. But like well, Moxley, and the whole thing with Moxley, I don't understand is why can't anybody be happy for a guy that wants like his love for wrestling, his passion. So he wants to go to AEW with a lighter schedule, go to New Japan, go to indie shows. I mean, I can't. I, some of these. WWE fans are so stupid. Like, oh, he wants to go wrestle in a bingo hall for a thousand people. Yeah, it's not is, about the wrestling. It's not about the money. It's, it's it's about the passion. It's not that. You know, it's not that. At least for me, it's not that. It's okay. You you close the chapter on this door. Okay, you did your Jericho interview. You did your Wade Keller interview. You did this interview. You want you want to you want credibility as John Moxley, AEW superstar. New Japan United States champion, guy who will go wrestle in front of 500 people and not care, make that StarCast interview about everything you've done since. The minute he sits down with that other old fogey, yeah, 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 it's 1998, yeah, so cold, so cold, ah, 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 I can't feel the yeah. Okay, and they start complaining about Vince and the company, you're officially marked. Talk about yeah. everything you've done since. Mm-hmm. Talk about when you come to Connecticut and the great matches you've had with Pentagon, the whatever the fuck match it's going to be that he's doing with Big Cass in a few weeks. Talk about what you're doing when you wrestled, you know, 
uh, Danby All In, or you know, you wrestled Killer Claude unannounced at a show in Vegas. Talk about that stuff. You sit down. Why can't he, he talk about both? Like, why can't he talk about both? I think people want it. Here, here's here's, here's, here's why. Here's why. And this is nothing to do with him. But let's be honest, Kami. If he tries to do that type of interview that you're suggesting, talk about wrestling Killer Cross, and then, oh, here's a story about Vince. What's the headline going to be? Is it going to oh, be the about Vince story? Oh, I, exactly. Yeah. That, there's a market for that, though. That's the thing. There, people are wanting but it's getting to hear repetitive. about that. It's getting signing with WWE and say, you know what, maybe maybe I should go to AEW or but New Japan or something already. like that. You did that with Jericho. You did that with Wade. No, Jericho. I know, but, but yeah, what, yeah, I know. What, what's the sense of doing it again at StarCast? No, I know, I know. And, uh, it would be repetitive, but... Like I said, to be fair, it may not be him that wants to do it. No, it may no, not I be totally, him. I totally disagree. If he's at StarCast at a fan Q&A and fans have those questions, he's not doing he's a, got an no, no, obligation no, no. See, to answer those no, things. Hang on. That's the difference. He's not doing a fan Q&A. He's doing a sit-down with Jim. That's what he's doing with Raw. him. That's what the thing is with JR. That's what it was advertised no, as, at least. No, it's not. It's not a Q&A. It's them two talking. Jim Ross is doing the interview with Moxley. If it was a Q&A, then by all means, you need to answer every single question that's posed. Whether you want to or yeah. not, I agree with that a thousand percent. The way this is being set up is it's a Jim Ross sit down interview with John Moxley. All right, let me you know, pull this up. I got the email from Starcast. I got cause let me see exactly what it says. Cause I swear they said Q and A in it. Uh, <laughs> but go ahead. How about you just get all the wrestling companies fight one big show? Just call the war, you know. We got earthquakes going on. We got Iran. We got, we got everything. Just go to war. <laughs> well, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and end it on and end it on this. Whatever they're doing, like you know, they've been doing this stuff, you know, and we'll go into extreme rules later in the show. Okay, hang on a second. Hang rules, on a second. I, this is the big man that I can be. You're right. He's right. It is a. It, Moxley will be available for meet and greets and taking the stage for an exclusive Q and answer session hosted by Jim Ross. So I'm assuming Tammy is right that it's fans <laughs> question. That's different. Like I said so, a few minutes ago, that's so, yeah, so, yeah, so a regular sit down interview. Oh, of course, all those marks in in Chicago are gonna just ask them, So how bad yes. is Vin? How bad is Vin? You know? Yeah, and if I was there, I'd yeah. be asking him that too. I'd be asking him a very specific That's question fine. about that. But the next, so, yeah. all right, let me rephrase this then. Then the next one-on-one interview he does, it's time to move on. And here's the thing yep. that got lost in his interview from this week. Hang on, and you have to listen to the wording. I would not return. I don't see myself ever returning to that WWE. Right. The key word in that is that, meaning what he left. But if they turn around, Heyman worked out, Bischoff worked out, the move 
away from TVPG, if that, if that opt-out in one-year rumor is true, it's going to be a very interesting one year. Right. Yeah, that's how it should be. Go ahead, uh, App Switcher. You were moving on. I don't want to yeah. monopolize this. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, what I was going to say, it can it can just be saved for the Extreme Rules thing later. I'll get to it later. So, all right. All right, so that's it. What I'm going to do now is i got to be very attentive to this because the G1 is can be very confusing. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to go over the – current G1 brackets and the matches for tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday. All right, so Actually, they had Chris, their opening. About New Japan, Chris, can I ask mm-hmm. you about the G1 in New Japan? Because I'm, con- I'm a little confused, mm-hmm. and I figured you would know better. There was the initial report that said AEW didn't want their guys booked in the U.S. There was the initial report. Mm-hmm. Then I saw something yesterday that New Japan came out and said, no, that's not the case. So did New Japan really just say fuck you to the crowd in Dallas and not put Jericho and Moxley on that show? I figured you would know better. Well, what is the real deal here? It was really a, it was really a fuck you for Moxley, not Jericho, mm-hmm. because after he – made his debut in Be Juice, you know, he did the promo backstage, and, you know, New Japan is very free with the promos. You can pretty much say whatever you want, and I have a very reliable source that told me that they pretty much told Moxley he can do whatever he wants, just don't mention AEW, and he did it. Which is understandable. when Moxley had his match, right, and then when Moxley had his match with Janela at Fighter Fest, they made no mention of New Japan. And then to make Again, it even more weird, sense. I think, I, right, and, and to make it even, I don't think this is weird. I, I think this is just fans reaching. I think, I, I see what Moxie's doing is that the gear that he wears in New Japan and the gear that he's worn in AEW is different, almost as if, like, he's got Makes two sense. different characters and two different promotions. Makes sense. Which, to me, that's fine. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't bother me. So, but, yeah, that, that's really what's going on. Um, there's something interesting that happened. It may not lead to anything, but it may it may lead to something. Uh, to anyone that watches Being the Elite, uh, at the very end of the Being the Elite episodes, they have uh, the BTE mailbox. Uh, I said mailbox. BTE mailbag, where all you do is you go on Twitter and you just put hashtag BTE mailbag, and then you ask somebody with AW a question. This question did not make the actual uh, BTE episode, but it did get a lot of people talking. Somebody asked Kenny a question, and the question was, what would you do if Okada won the G1 and challenged you at Wrestle Kingdom? Would you accept? And then Omega responded simply with, only if they're willing to break business records. Right. Strange. That was interesting. So I thought that was weird that Kenny himself replied. Is he saying, shut up at me? Ziggler. Did he say his name? <laughs> Should have been me. <laughs> fucking, fucking Ziggler. <laughs> it's like Ziggler's become aware that we've made fun of him for so many years. Oh, my God. Okay. Let me, let me, go, let me go through these brackets right quick. Oh, I, I got to tell the story again. <laughs> I got to tell the story again because I don't want anyone to be confused. All right. So if anyone doesn't know, it's been so long, I, I don't even remember anymore. I don't, I don't even care. When Ziggler's first contract was going to expire, um, the Young Bucks, when was this? Like 
when was it, Nate? Was it 2016 or 27? I forgot what fucking year it was. Something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Like it was the, yeah. Yeah, Ziggler's contract was, was about to expire. It was 16. Right. Because that's why they booked the Intercontinental Title versus Career Match because they really didn't know if he was gonna resign. Oh, okay. That sounds right. Okay, right. So the Young Bucks, who were part of the Bullet Club, because this was this was like before the Elite really took off and all that. The Young Bucks legitimately tweeted. <laughs> they, they legit tweeted at Ziggler, and they said, "Yo, Ziggs, what's your shirt size?" It's <laughs> a picture of a Bullet Club shirt. <laughs> yeah. They thought Ziggler was gonna leave and go to Bullet Club, <laughs> and then Ziggler, he he kept giving like these passive aggressive responses, like "Black and white doesn't look good on me." <laughs> and then fucking Omega replied to him was like, "Didn't you wear an NWO shirt like two months ago?" Because he did. He did like he <laughs> has worn like an NWO shirt for interview yep. or something. So the so yeah. So I guess they thought that Ziggler was gonna leave and. Honestly, if he had left at that point and and gone to New Japan, as we've seen with guys like Drew McIntyre, um, Bobby Lashley, and et cetera, a lot of times leaving Did WWE, going somewhere else. Ziggler's a weird guy. He's Ziggler. Ziggler is the dude. He always ends up staying. It's weird. Like, just went. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. He's finally gonna go. He's not gonna resign. He's unhappy. And then boom, Ziggler shows back up. <laughs> Ziggler. Like, wait, what? Ziggler is the dude that stays with the chick that he knows is cheating on him, but he's too much of a pussy to stand up for himself. So it's yeah. like, we don't got any sympathy for you, my brother. So, you know, who, I mean, who, great who athlete. Who are you, so. you bringing to Cousin Joanne's wedding? Uh, you'll see. And it's the same girl. <laughs> yep, that's Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Ziggler. That's totally Ziggler. Oh, man. Yeah, so now that he's coming out <laughs> each week, <laughs> it should have been me. It's like he's become self-aware of the fact that, like, the, the, yeah, like, the Internet is trolling him. So. going for. Supposedly, I've read something like that, that they're, they're becoming – no, 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 not, not, not to be funny. Like, they're becoming a lot more aware of what people's perceptions are about different things and different people. That's where the Owens promo came from Tuesday. Tuesday night. They're totally aware of the issues with Shane and the lack of TV time. That's why, if you, if you notice, that promo wasn't just about Shane being on. It was very specific about, you know, all the guys that, that Owens named, you know, who haven't had TV time. They're becoming a lot more cognizant of that and, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, you know, it's about time they start dealing with reality. You know, if it's true that Vince realized that he needed help and that's why Heyman and Bischoff are coming in, you know what? You may not like the names because of what they represent and, you know, this, down the other thing. But, you know what, at least acknowledge the, you know, you got to appreciate the fact that maybe he's finally starting to realize that his way is not going to work anymore. You know, but they all hey, hopefully that's if, if they do an yeah. episode of Raw at Club Navila, I'd be very happy with that. Oh god. And they throw somebody <laughs> in that water. <laughs> oh my god. Or what is it? Episode all of right, SmackDown, so I'm gonna do now. Yep. Alright, so what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna uh read over the current brackets uh real quick and I gotta do this very quickly because I don't wanna get any of the matches confused. So the first G1 show was last Saturday, I think. Yes. All right. 
So for the A block, uh, Archer, Lance Archer defeated Osprey for two points. Bad yeah, Luck Fale defeated eight. It was a good match. That's what it was. Also, that was Archer's yeah, but, hometown. So that's probably why. Is that what that was? Uh, that was the hometown? Yeah. Fale defeated Evil. I'm really rusty. I, gotta get I, I don't want to talk about that. For two points. I don't want to talk about that. That's my boy. <laughs> I know. Sonata uh, defeated Zack Sabre Jr. for two points. Kenta defeated Ibushi for two points. And Okada defeated Tanahashi for two points. And I just want to say shout-out to the two BBWs in the front row that, that won at the high fly flow. That was, there was these two drunk big girls in the front row that totally looked at Okada like he was a snack. I thought that was like, like if, if an eye could be raped, like that was, they were totally like eye raping Okada. <laughs> it was really disturbing. So uh, it was just, it's, it's, it's a chick, it's a chick that was a blonde. She was like wearing a, a pink dress, like Susie Q. Um, she like tried to touch Okada's junk. Like when he, when he, like a sling, when Tanahashi, Tanahashi like hit a sling blade outside. It was really funny. So, all right. So for night two, I got to get my days right. So day two, G1, July 13th, um, that'll be 5.30 Eastern time. Uh, here are your B-block matches. We got... Is it tonight? This will be uh, midnight. So after midnight tonight, going into tonight, the AM hour tomorrow morning. In the morning. Okay. Right, right, right. So this is uh, day two. Uh, so this will be Saturday. So for B-block, we got Juice against Shingo, Yano against Naito, Ishii against uh, Jeff Cobb, Goto against Jay White, and Moxley against Taichi. I'm going to assume that Goto and Jay White will be the main event. And then for day three, which is July 14th. By the way, as that much as we joke around two. about getting Ambrose and, and Yano, I didn't realize we're getting Am- we're getting Moxley Jeff Cobb. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I like Cobb. Cobb is cool. He's a guy yeah. to look out for. He could go anywhere. He could go anywhere he wants. So guys like Cobb will yeah. will benefit from all these new promotions to go to. He can pretty much do whatever yeah. he wants. So uh for the fourteenth, uh day three, it's gonna be two AM Eastern, eleven Pacific. For the A block, we got Will Ospreay against Sonata, Okada against Zack Sabre Jr., Mbushi against Evil, Archer against Bad Luck Fale, and Tanahashi versus Kenta. I'm going to assume Tanahashi Kenta will main event. And then for day three, uh, that will be July 15th, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, B block. Yano against Shingo, Juice against Goto, Ishii against Jay White, Jeff Cobb against Moxley, and Naito versus Taichi. I'm going to assume Naito Taichi will uh, be the main event. The favorite for, well, obviously the A block is more stacked than the B block. Um, That's not to say the B block isn't stacked, it's just the bigger stars are in the A block. Uh, The favorite for the A block this year is Ibushi, mainly because he signed to a full-time deal. He was always a freelancer. So now that he's signed to a full-time deal, there's really no reason for New Japan to not just push him to the mountain. And the favorite for the B block, honestly, there is no favorite for the B block, which is kind of interesting. So um, Naito, as always, is rumored to win, but he's been rumored to win for like the past three years now and never wins the big one. So I don't know what the hell is going on there. 
Of course, there's always the possibility that Okada could win. And according to my records here, the last time a champion won a G1 was in 2000. And um, so some fans are speculating that Okada will win and then will challenge Omega. But that would only happen if AEW and New Japan have a beneficial relationship, which doesn't seem to be the case unless they're just hiding it and playing us for some reason, which I doubt. But um, anyway, G1 is always fun. So, um, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, uh, wait, you're still with me, right, Kami? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, and what about you? Uh, is Nate still here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so for some reason, John's unmuted. Let me, wait, let me unmute him. Somehow he got muted. Hey, uh, John, are you back? Yeah, 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 I hit something on my phone. That's totally on me. That's not blocked on Okay, just making sure everything's okay. All right, um, so that's everything for uh, the G1. So just, we're just going through that really quickly. And, um, all right, I totally didn't have the AEW card. That's on me. Let me go ahead and pull that up. In the meantime, though, um, just go, you know what? Uh, the Evolve show and the AEW show are going to be on at the same time. So we'll save that for the end. Let's go ahead and transition to Extreme Rules. And I'm going to need your guys' help because I'm not really following the product. Ten matches. Okay. Why, the, why the fuck does this card have ten matches? It's a B show, dude. Uh, ten, I don't ten know. matches. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you know what? At least they got to sell more bleach. There, everything on there at least has something to it. It's not like you know they just threw a bunch of guys together to fill out a card. This isn't a case of. Let's get as many people on the show as possible. There's actually direction to how these matches are. You know, even Black Cesaro, you know, there's direction. You know, I mean, I've got the card right in front of me because I just sent everybody my – I sent Jay my predictions. So if you want, I can do the card. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm totally lost here. You got Alistair Black and Cesaro. Cesaro was revealed as the guy that knocked on, you know, Black's door. Um, so that, there's that match. Uh, you've got the Raw Tag Team titles, the Revival against the Usos. Um, you've got the SmackDown Tag titles. You've got New Day, Heavy Machinery, and Brian and Rowan. You've got... Bailey versus Nikki and Alexa. You've got Lastly Strowman. You've got Ricochet and AJ. You've got The Undertaker and Roman against Shane and Drew. You've got The Last Chance, and that's the key thing that people are forgetting in this. It is the, it, it has been said that this is it for Corbin and Evans. The Last Chance, Winner Take All, with um, Corbin and Evans against Lynch and Rollins, and then the match that has the potential to be the have the biggest surprise of all, Kofi and Joe. Okay, going over some of these matches here. Okay, lastly, yeah, Roman is last too. man standing. And um, wait, so Bailey, this is a handicap match for the championship. How does that work? Yep, it's basically. The the story is Nikki Nikki Cross is like mesmerized with Alexa, and I mean the payoff's gonna be that Alexa was using Nikki, so they had the beat 
Alexa's had the match versus Bailey. The real story is Alexa has a brutal sinus infection, so they're trying to protect her. Nikki oh, won oh, the I beat see. the clock she challenge won't. on Monday to pick the stipulation, and Nikki was like, I'm going to pick a handicap match because I already beat you. With the playoff being that Nikki's still doing this for Alexa to get the title, I mean, the obvious thing's going to happen. Something's going to happen. There's going to be a miscue between Alexa and Nikki, and Alexa's going to turn on Nikki. Um, but that's the story with that. Like, where that, that there, uh, there are a lot of people are saying that this might lead to Sasha's return because Nikki made a comment along the lines on Raw Monday night, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm Alexa's friend. It's not like you have any friends around here. And some people are thinking mm-hmm. maybe that's the way they're going to bring Sasha back. Um, so Sasha's booked for the July 22nd Raw, which is not this week, next week. Um, so there are people suspecting maybe Sasha comes back in that match. So that's where they're at with that. That's how they got there. Oh, we forgot we forgot one, a uh, big friend of the program. He's actually one of the first wrestlers that added me on Facebook. Uh, we also got Drew Gulak against Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight yeah. Championship. I believe That's this right. is Drew's home, right? Isn't he from Philly? I believe so. So, I, yeah, I do not expect Gulak to lose the title here. Okay. And you know what? All you right, know well, what? Speaking of the Cruiserweight title match, it is the first Cruiserweight title match that actually got a video package to tell the story of the match. Oh, nice. Progress. Okay. Yep. Katie, you, you still watch 205, do you? I mean, I know you used to it in the beginning. I mean, do you still check it out when you can? Or? Yeah, I still, I still check it out from time to time. I just, um, like, really no WWE programming is on my priority list at the moment. But I do uh, like um, Drew Gulak. Drew, Drew Gulak, I mean, and, um, yeah, uh, if I, if I was going to, if I'm a predicting man, I'd pick him to win. Well, I know you don't like him, Amy, I know you used to, like, give him shit all the time, but I feel like someone who's kind of really getting destroyed in the stick lately is The Miz. Um, he's basically been shamed oh, yeah. bitch, and they, t- they turned in face. <laughs> Um, I, I get why Taker's in the match because Taker's a draw, obviously. People are going to come see Taker. But, like, the whole story with Miz and Shane and then Shane attacked Miz's dad and they turned Miz's face even though he's better as a heel. And then he beat Miz, like, what, three times now? And now he's, like, feeding with Elias and he's not even on the card. It really doesn't do him any favors as a face, but, you know, it's the, the Miz. The, the so, problem is the original anyway. plan was for, still, was for Miz to still be the guy to eventually beat Shane. And then the problem is this Kevin Owens program started, and I—I I mean, if if you turned around and they turned Miz heel next Monday, I, I wouldn't be surprised. From yeah, from what like I've heard, everything everything has changed. Like, yeah, they um, sorry, sorry, my fucking hold on. Yeah, they're um, they um, what was I gonna say? All right, they um. That with the Miz, they um, they he's a dweeb, and they can't. They were building him up like a like a badass, and I think that was a, a mistake. Um, I think uh, Owens is better. 
suited for that anti-hero role. Um, and the well, thing, what got me like I'm, I'm becoming. Oh, I'm sorry. You go on. Go ahead. No, I was saying Shane uh, is feuding like, with. He's, he's feuding no, like ahead, with uh, Roman. He, he's still feuding with Roman, but he's like still mini feuding with with like Miz still. What got me with the Miz? Like at this point, I'm really just immune to WWE's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even surprised anymore. But what really got me was. It was either to go home week to, to Mania or the week before. There was a segment, like, I swear to God, Miz beat Sanity by himself. Like, they did fuck all with Sanity, first of all. But yeah. it's still three dudes. He he beat yeah. Sanity by himself. And then and they he had still him, lost like, beaten Shane up at Mania. Like, they had him beaten up like Shelton Benjamin and like two other yeah. hills at the same time. Like Shelton Benjamin, that's, that's the suspension what, what, of disbelief that I have a hard time with. <laughs> if you notice, they did it for about two weeks on SmackDown. They did this whole thing where, and I'm a big believer that sometimes you got to listen to the wording. Shane was telling Miz, you'll never get another match with me. Because if you think about it, Mania, he lucked out and pinned him off the superplex off the, the stage thing. Yeah. Payback, he fell off the cage. The night, the night that he beat Miz, what was it, on SmackDown? Miz got beat down by, like, three other guys. So you could see where the story was going. Like, if Miz really gets his hands on him, Miz is going to just, at one point, he's finally going to kick his ass. And when they were doing the whole, you'll never get another match with me, it's like, okay, Shane is purposely trying to dodge Miz. You know, he's going to put all these obstacles in front of him, and eventually the obstacles are going to run out, and Miz will get his match with Shane, and Miz will finally beat Shane. Okay, it's, it's semi-long-term storytelling, and you know what? I see where you're going. I see A, B, C, D, and E. I get it? Okay. Then Kevin Owens came along. And forget it, Miz is, Miz is done. Miz, Miz is done. Miz will not yeah. get the match with Shane. I expect it to be Owens. I expect Owens to lead a bunch of guys. And I'm assuming eventually you're going to get a McMahon on TV to t- remove Shane. Uh, you know, because I, I, I've seen the reports that they realize, you know, he's gotten out of control with the TV time. They're going to get him off. They want to pay it off the right way. So, um, but I'm assuming this is all going to be Owens. I, I can't see Owens saying, "Okay, I'm yeah, good." It's, and then it's really unfortunate, right back in. really. It's really unfortunate because, like, when you go back to the Attitude Era days of the four McMahons, Shane was the one that most fans could tolerate. He was just the cool one. He well, and one yeah, of the reasons no, why I never tolerate cool Shane either. Was, I hate I hated him the most. Um, and even in well, the Attitude what I, Era well, what days. I was trying to say. Well, well, to me, yeah, I always thought that of the McMahons, he was, he was the least saying. featured. And right. also, too, if you worked with him, it paid off. Tess went over on him eventually. Steve Blackman went just, over just, on him I eventually. Him. How many guys... I, I, I liked him because all his Shane stories were over the top. That rub. Right, but you got the rub from Shane at the end. Yeah, Blackman but that's, got it. it's, it's still, got like, it. Shane shouldn't be the guy doing that. That's like when they were doing that WCW invasion and they had um, Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle threw him on, through the glass or whatever. 
I just felt that that I always felt that should have been D, like DDP. Like, why if this is WCW versus yeah. WWE, why is Shane in this match? And that's just the I think the reason why he's Shane. there. I, I think the reason why he's there is because when he came back, for the most part, with one exception, he had good showings. Um, yeah, his match did. with AJ at Mania was good. His match with um, AJ the build was, to Taker was, really was good. good. The match was not good, but the build was good. And you know that one Survivor Series match? match and Raw and SmackDown was good. The, and the match with Owens was quietly good. That's right. the one that gets forgotten. The Hell in a Cell match with Owens, that match was good. And it's like, okay, he can still go with these guys that are really good. Because like you said, he had a good showing versus AJ. He had a good showing in the Survivor Series matches. The match with Owens was good. It's like, all right, we can feature him more in range. You know, yeah, Chris is yeah. right. That's, that's what it was. If he would have looked bad in those matches, we wouldn't be here right now. That, that's the problem. He looked, and, and of course, it's obviously a case of look who you're working with, obviously. I mean, who can't AJ make look good? Who can't bump around with KO and look good? You know, but at the end of the day, that's what happened. He's right. The problem with this Miz, well, with, this, at this. with the thing with KO, Shane, and Miz, to me, the even bigger loser is Sami Zayn. Because yeah. Zayn was at yeah. least with Owen. Now it's like, unless unless Shane brings Zayn back to take, to take, to take out Owens or something... I think more so than Miz, I think Zane's the big loser here. I'm looking at this card, and nothing really stands out as the main event. I'm guessing the mixed tag is main eventing. The mixed tag will be, but here's your potential for your moment of the weekend. If you ever needed a way to get the belt off Kofi, this weekend you can do it. I'll tell you why. Two weeks ago on Raw, he lost for the first time since March. Joe choked him out. Okay? He's been dealing with a back issue. He was off the road last weekend. That's why he wasn't at TV this week. Okay? And, Chris, you know I love doing this story because it was my big thing with Okada. You could do, and Joe is the perfect guy to do it. The Kokita touch is the perfect move to do it with. You could do... The title changed based on the fact that Joe caught Kofi just on the right night. That Kofi's been grooving for so long, so much, that it finally caught up to him. And Joe takes the title Sunday night. You can, you can do it. You will not piss off the fans. You will have a holy shit moment in that arena. And you could come back with Kofi Joe at SummerSlam and then decide which way you're going to go then. But I think if you want a moment this weekend, you have Kofi pass out to Joe and lose the title. Yeah. And give him time off for SummerSlam, too. Rest up the back. Yeah. It will be bigger than anything at Fight for the Fallen. It will be bigger than anything in Japan. It will be bigger than anything involved. You have Kofi pass out clean to Joe this weekend, you win the weekend right there. That's it. That's your moment. It crowns Joe 
because Joe's got – I know Heyman loves Joe, and I'm pretty sure Bischoff's a fan too. So your two guys who are going to be in control will have no problem it's because of Bischoff. Be- because, of, because of Bischoff, that's why I don't think Joe's winning. That's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why would you say because of Bischoff? Because, because I, I've Bischoff heard him has already gone on. Well, I don't, I don't trust him. Bischoff any. <laughs> I don't. I don't trust Bischoff anyway. But Bischoff is a very. He's a very big. And I didn't even notice. I mean, I, I, I guess he may have been right here. Bischoff is a really big fan of the draft concept. And according to him, he says the whole point of Thunder was to give the NWO their own show. And I'm like, really? That was the point of it? Okay, Bischoff, I mean, if you say so. But anyway, he really likes the draft concept. And he said that in order for it to work, you have to go all in, no pun intended. And the problem with this whole wild card concept is the draft doesn't matter. You know, like Joe's from Raw and he's challenging for the WWE title. So if Joe wins, I I mean, I, I I like your idea. But you got a raw guy who is the champion of SmackDown. You, you, no could, show, you could and shuffle fish. him to SmackDown. It's not like they haven't so done what's it before. Gonna, what, what I think is going to happen is they're just um, they're for for the remainder of the summer and right up until they get that Fox deal, everything is going to stay how it is. And then when they when they get to Fox, Fox is not going to allow their talent to go on. You know NBC Universal and vice versa. Well, no, the problem's gonna be Fox isn't gonna let Roman and Kofi be on Raw, and all yeah. SmackDown gets back is EC3 and Alicia Fox. Fox no, they're gonna, gonna, they're probably gonna have to do another want, draft. We want at some Rollins. Point. We want yeah. DJ. You better, you know, you better put those guys on our show. Yeah, because Roman and Kofi on Raw, you better have. Lesnar on SmackDown. You better have AJ on SmackDown. You better have, you know, Rollins, Becky. Right, because networks are very... um, One thing I do know about networks is they're very particular as as to who they let go to other networks, especially if it's not in their family. NBC, Uni, and Fox I mean, it's a lot easier when both shows are on USA. USA's not going to care. Because in their mind, okay, well, we got Roman back on Mondays and whatever. We yeah, still have Roman care, on Tuesdays. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, we got Ricochet, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, yeah. yeah, not going to care not a, because, a... yeah. Hmm. So they're going to have to they're gonna have to figure this crap out. Um, I've been hearing that um, Fox is very big on them having um, just – this is from just a few people in the industry – um, they've been saying that Fox is very big on them having uh, prominent African American stars in top roles on their network. So I do think that well, might well, you'll be. you'll still Kobe's. have that with New Day. I'm, I'm not saying you knock New no. Day down to like the no, lowest part of the card. No, I think that they're going to want him on, on the that premiere episode with the title. Is what I'm saying. I just, what, I mean, what I, I'm not him, against what John's about idea. Him in the title match. What about him in the What's title that? match? What about him in the title match on that premiere episode, but not necessarily yeah, they could have him in Lesnar or something? And then I, I'm not against yeah, Hound's idea. What, I just don't think do. the, I, I just don't think that's in yeah. the cards for Joe. 
Um, I think that yeah, um, a I, lot of I, I'm being respectful. I, I, like, I like John's idea also. I'm just, I, I just don't trust that company. And I'm not saying it's to kill Kofi. I'm not saying it's to kill yeah. Kofi. Yeah. To me, the, like the said, time to put the title you know, on Joe was, 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 was the stuff that they were doing in uh, the, the Brock stuff. You know, when, when Brock was feuding with Strowman, Roman, because and Joe, they had a story there because Heyman was like, you know, when Roman was challenging Brock, Heyman was like, whatever. Strowman was challenging Brock. Heyman was like, whatever. Joe was challenging was scared, Brock, and Heyman was like, no. Yeah. That was that was their yeah. time to do it, and they didn't yeah. because of reasons. So, yeah. but, you um, know, I think I'm not against that. I think they, my prediction. Because Chris, I you know, be that's been, that was my Okada idea all those years. You know, like yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years ago. You don't have to do a yeah, big they, built. You could do it where like they've been rolling for so long, and then eventually your body just gets to empty, and you can get caught. I, I, I'm a big proponent yeah. of stuff like that. They you don't know? really do that as much as they used to. I can't think of the last yeah. time WWE did. They need a moment something like, like that. that. It's been they a while. That, you know when that that last moment was? I'm gonna be honest with you. It was, and I know everyone hates it, but. It was Lesnar Taker. When you had that crowd, like what? Uh-huh. You know. That's still less than no, nothing. I that... think that might be the biggest ball drop listen, in WWE listen, history. Listen, when I really think about it. About, we're not talking about it. Like I'm just saying, like you want that moment with people, like what? Like with their mouths open, uh-huh. quiet, and then like that that extended like 20 second pause before the official announcement. That's what you do. I'm telling you. And, and you know what? If you got to go back at SummerSlam and have Kofi beat Joe again, because you know what? The end game is Brock cashing in on Kofi. Okay. Give it to Joe for a month. Get that moment. Have Kofi beat Joe I'm at SummerSlam. Thinking of Brock, can we talk about this for this a second? Is... I think Brock's cash-in is going to be a failure. I don't think he's going to cash in successfully. I, I don't know about that. Because that's he the other thing need, I heard. He I heard Fox need to. wants him. I heard Fox wants him. First, that's what I've heard. Firstly, yeah. he doesn't need. Firstly, he doesn't need to. And secondly, a champion that's not there, we've already been through that. That's not good for the product uh, or ratings. And a if he cashes in and loses, if he cashes in and loses, it's not going to hurt him. As a matter of fact, if he if he cashes in and loses, it might make him better because it'll make him go crazy. Well, it could, it's well, an excuse to make him dominant again. I, I, I can see a situation where Brock tries to cash in, maybe on that premiere episode of SmackDown on Fox, and then someone like Matt Riddle comes out and, and uh, you know, he, after he cashes in the briefcase, just comes out and beats his ass, and then that starts a feud between him and Riddle. Nah, you, um, you I want could, a moment I, on that Fox episode? No, this is, this is what I would you, do. Hang on a second. Is, I'll give you your moment. Brock tries to cash in. Murders Woods. Kofi's a dead man laying in that ring, and Big E steps up, and you get that face off between Big E and Brock, and Brock actually backs off of Big E. You want a moment on that episode? You want the, you know, certain type of superstars in a predominant position? Find me a better position than Big E backing off Brock. And that I'll episode. do you one better. This is the what best thing you can do with Brock because nobody, oh, nobody would Corny. predict this coming. <laughs> it, it, it would make sense, 
and I, I think this would tell a story. You want to you want to really get people buzzing. This is the best thing that they could possibly do with Raw, and it's part of my plan. Once you cash in the bell rings, it counts as a match. There's another title that does that, the 24/7 title. We've seen with these 24/7 title segments that they can happen before a match after a match, and sometimes and during. during the match. We've seen it several times where Truth will jump the barricade or whoever the hell the champion is right. will jump the barricade during the match. Here's what you got to do. I don't care who Brock cashes in on. It could be Seth or Kofi. I don't care. Have Brock cash in. Literally, as he's cashing in, let's just be, I'm just being theoretical because probably Truth will get the belt back from Maverick. Okay. Yeah, have, have Truth, have Truth. As the champion, no, even better. Well, Drake Maverick's the champion now, so let's go into the assumption that Drake is champion, right? Say this, like say this happens on the screen rules, just being theoretical. Say Seth and Becky, you know, beat Corbin and Lacey, and after the match, mm-hmm. Corbin gives Seth an end of days. Brock comes out, gives Seth an F five. F five. He's gonna cash in, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. F five Becky. F five Rollins. This <laughs> gives gives the briefcase to the ref. Bell rings. As that happens, Drake Maverick runs through the crowd. Truth is chasing him and, and the rest of the low carters. They get in the ring because you can have them because the twenty four seven title can the match can happen anywhere. So you get to so technically right. you have a match within a match. And so, of course, Brock being Brock Lesnar, this works because Brock Lesnar legitimately wouldn't care. Brock doesn't care about stuff that's got nothing to do with him. He's got, he doesn't care about that. So in this scenario, let's just say he's cashing it against Kofi because, honestly, this will work better against Kofi. Drake jumps over the barricade. True follows him. EC3 and everybody else is out there, right? right. It's just total chaos. The ref is confused. Brock's confused. Kofi's playing possum, you know. A few, the 24-7 title changes hands a few times. They're celebrating, but by the end of it, Truth gets back. Brock just laughs it off. Keep in mind, the bell still rung, but the 24-7 title being out there has made you forget about that because it's there. Right. So then after they leave, Brock turns around, bam, trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. One, two, three. My That's only it. issue with it that would is, work. My, and I like that. I like mm. that. I like that a lot. My only issue with that is, is we got to stop with the failed captains. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I love, Chris, I'm not going to lie to you, I love that. I even love that better than what I had. I love that. But See, here's the problem with the money in the bank. The problem is the reason the cash-ins are failing, John, is because, and this is an unpopular opinion, this is like a hot take within itself, the reason the so guy. many people have been failing lately is because, right, the, the the money in the bank concept is not needed anymore. It exists. The whole point of it was to help people that could never get, get to that next level get to that next level. But this right, we're not putting it on 2005 Edge anymore. We're not putting it on 2006 right. RVD. I agree with you. We're not. This, you know, this you're current not putting roster it on doesn't have stars for, like that. Uh, I don't know that, about that's, that. That's the problem. No, no, this current roster doesn't have stars like that. Who who could benefit from a Money in the Bank? None of them are ready. None of these stars have any strong mint card titles. Guys like Edge and CM Punk. You don't think you don't think Joe would up. benefit from you don't think Joe could benefit from Money in the Bank? 
No, not or really. He's Joe Joe's legitimate. legitimate. He doesn't need money. Okay. Joe's, Joe's above it. He doesn't okay. need a money He doesn't bank. need he can... it, but I think yeah. he could – I think it would benefit him, like, if he used, like, nefarious way to do it. Like, like given that belt – given is... that briefcase to Lesnar was a joke, to my, in my opinion. But the only person right now on the roster – the, the only person on the roster I see where I look at him and I'm like he could benefit is like Almas. What about Drew? But if Almas had it, Drew? He, he would have it for him. He could, but Drew keeps losing. They keep yeah. making him yeah, lose. Yeah, not the same Drew. I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Almas. Almas. Yeah, Almas. Yeah. If Almas had the briefcase, though, it would be a long run because unfortunately, oh, yeah. and going, I know fans don't want to hear. I know. Yeah, I, I know fans don't want to hear this, but the main reason that that Vince had such a boner for Del Rio is because Del Rio was bilingual. He could speak perfect English and perfect, like, Mexican. Like, Vince loves guys and girls. Yeah, but Almas is getting multiple. better. Almas is getting better. Yeah, he and is. Supposedly, he is, supposedly but... I don't, you know, people freaked out when this story happened, but you know what? Good for Almas. Apparently, I, I don't know. I remember it, and I, I might be missing a point or two, so keep me in check here. But I remember a few months ago seeing the report that Amos went to Vince and said, what can I do? And Vince told him, you need to learn better English. And people freaked out saying Vince was being a racist. No, Vince was just telling you. if you he need to relate and- Vince doesn't know what the hell he wants when it comes to that because he got <laughs> mad at Oscar for not knowing English, and then he got mad at Gail Kim for not knowing uh, <laughs> Korean. What was it, Korean or whatever? Yeah, like, but it goes Korean. to Vince. He's got to with his goddamn Eurocentric about bullshit. About Del Rio, though. That's why Del Rio got so many chances because what Chris said is 100% right. Del Rio could cut a promo. I remember specifically. And then they I remember specifically when they did SummerSlam. Or they could go to Puerto Rico. Or they could go on the European tour. And Del Rio could cut promos in perfect Spanish. Plus, he could do the media. Right. He could do both types I, of I media. I remember this specifically <laughs> when they did SummerSlam 2013. I think it was like in your area, KME. It was near where you were at. Where they were doing the yeah, SummerSlam yeah. press conference, I, I believe the Rio had a match of Christian, and uh, when yeah. uh, they had some of the big stars there, and I remember when Rio was doing his promo, it was like a five-minute promo, and like two minutes were in English, and the other two minutes were yeah. in Spanish. Um, and when I looked yeah. at the YouTube no, views, I, mean, I could probably with find what it. He wants with that. No, Chris yeah, is right. It, it, Chris it is gave them, it gave them right. good coverage. So. You know, but anyway, uh, is 100% I'm sure this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this will be okay. But to answer your question, I think Drew could be, you know, could be that guy. But um, Drew, you know, I like you know Drew, what but he's, need? he's taking you know too many Drew's L's. You know need, and he could get it because the right guy is will, is being reported to be paired. Drew needs that win over Taker at SummerSlam, and the good thing is, do you really Taker think Taker's going to do business, John? Come on. Yes. If Taker's asking to work with him, absolutely. Absolutely, Taker will do business for Drew. I don't see yeah, it, man. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Taker, didn't, Taker didn't put Bray over. He didn't put Bray over or the Wyatt family. He buried them. Taker didn't, Taker didn't ask to work with them, though, specifically. Taker has asked to work with Drew. I'm telling you, Taker yeah. will put Drew yeah. over. I'm telling you. I'm having you, a hard time Taker saying will. that. 
Yeah, I, I can't say that. I, maybe he will, but it's got to happen first, and then I'll be like, okay, you, you were right, John, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm I, not I, saying I that. Think, I think, I, I think there's, see, there's two takers. There's the taker that will work with who and what Vince tells him to work with, and then there's the taker that tells Vince, I want to work with him. And, yes, I will put Here's him over. Here's the thing with that, though. Like, the Undertaker is only going to lose to people that he knows WWE is going to do something with, right? Well, like, that's, that's got to be part of the conversation. Can... You know, yeah. listen, I'm, I'll put Drew over. You need to get behind him after that. I agree. Right. Taker's not going to lose. Taker's not going to lose to Elias. And then Elias eats a skull crushing finale on SmackDown and gets pinned by Miz. I agree with that a million percent. But Taker will lose to Drew if Vince turns around and says, okay, we're going to keep the belt on Rollins past SummerSlam. And then in the fall, we're going to do a big Drew Rollins promo. Taker will get behind that as the first step. You can't turn around and say, okay, well, after, Taker, after Drew beats you, Drew's going to lose to Strowman again. Taker's going to turn around and be like, nah, fuck that, I ain't doing it. This is probably an unpopular yeah, I'm, opinion because you with, can't say I'm, anything unpopular. I'm, are you I'm going, Jamie? What are you going to say? I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I don't disagree. It's not that I think that's a you bad got, you gotta prediction. You've got to see it. you got to see it's it happen. It's just got to happen. Right. And that's fair. Uh, well, this is probably an unpopular opinion. Yeah, this is an unpopular opinion, but I think Taker is hurting his legacy each time he comes out there. Um, yeah. I want to see him go ASAP. I'm really tired of him, and it pains me yeah. to say that. But supposedly his new out. deal calls for it. Supposedly for his new deal, it apparently calls for three to four matches a year. And I've heard it's Jesus over three Christ, years. Man. No, God, no. <laughs> he, he, he's not. But you know, you know what, though? You know what? Sunday is the perfect dose for him to be. He'll be in a tag match. It's no holds barred. So it could be, you know, him outside the ring just throwing big punches and kicks and, you know, hitting a, a choke slam. That works. I don't need to see Taker in the ring for 18 minutes with Triple H or Goldberg or, you know, anybody like that again. you got to put Taker in a situation that's going to work for what he has left in the tank. And Sunday works for what he has left in the tank. Okay, Sunday works. Let me see what else they do with him, you know, and then we'll go from there. Alrighty, well, with all that being said, I'm just going to go over the three <clears throat> big matches for Evolve. I'm not really that familiar with Evolve. You got Matt Riddle against Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight title. Eddie Kingston is and Joe Gacy. Yes, yeah, so a cruiserweight uh-huh. title. Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle and uh-huh. Drew Gulak for a cruiserweight title. Wait, wanna hold on? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a submission match. Oh, 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 oh! It's a submission match with the cruiserweight champion Drew. So it's now on the line. It's not. Oh, it doesn't I, I matter. Matt yeah, Riddle is bigger than 205, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, not much, but I can't see. He is? I was going to say, like, how are you going to book that match for the title when you got. Wait. 
Hold on. I need and look at his weight. We need a scale uh, from Crack oh, Alley. Yeah, Matt, Matt's two. <laughs> Matt, Matt's two sixteen. All right. Okay. Yeah. He could uh, be yeah. a cruiserweight. That wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> I mean, Buddy yeah, wasn't well, a cruiserweight, but kind of was. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at look at how long they told Black not to not to put any weight on, and then they yeah. completely yeah. abandoned one, that. Well, one thing that one one thing that like a lot of Shawn Michaels fans always say, like, and this isn't an insult, like fucking ninety five, ninety six Shawn Michaels, like he was definitely a cruiserweight. He was like two ten, two fifteen, yeah. and then. By, yeah. like, the end, like, right before he retired the first time, he was, like, 220. And when he came back for his second run, by that the point, then, yeah, he was he was well over, he was well over, like, 230. But, like, 95, 96, yeah, but not Sean the beginning. was totally. Well, he was, he was, he was pretty ripped in 95, I don't think though, he was remember? 200. Like, yeah. 95, 95, Michael's no, jacked. 96, he was yeah. fucking ripped. That dude yeah. was shredded in 96, Shawn yeah. Michaels. He was he was 212, but he was 212 of, like, pure muscle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, so it's Matt Riddle and a submission match of Drew Gulak. Oh, all right. That would be cool then. He just he just happens to be the Cruiserweight champion. All right. Eddie Kingston and Joe Gessie defend the Evolve Tag Team Championships against A.R. Fox. Ooh, A.R. I like A.R. Fox and uh, Leon Ruff. And we got Evolve Champion Austin Theory. Oh, this is a winner-take-all. Uh, Evolve yeah. Champion Austin Theory and the WWN Champion three J.D. J.D. Drake. And then the NXT. So this is an actual NXT Championship match. Adam Cole defends against Akira Akira Sozawa. I just call him Sozawa. So, all right. I'm not really familiar with most of these folks. Well, I mean, I know the NXT folks, obviously, but I'm not familiar with the Evolve roster. I'll definitely check this out, though. I like to support indie wrestling. The, so the, the title for check title match is going to be good. Theory and, and, and them, mm-hmm. Theory's, a, Theory's a, huge, a star, man. Theory, if right. if Hunter doesn't have him gobbled up in the next year, I'd be shocked. Um, yeah, yeah. The one and, thing and about I feel the uncomfortable title calling. match is I've heard, like, they legitimately don't want to give uh, Eddie Kingston a live mic, and apparently... Kingston's like, fuck this, I'm doing what I want. Like this, so, Yeah, Eddie's you know. crazy. <laughs> and it, it, supposedly Eddie's, it's not like a, a shoot, his, suppo- supposedly it's not a work, like it's not part of an angle. Like supposedly like Gabe Sapolsky's like, I'm not giving you a mic and Eddie Kingston's like, Good luck trying to stop me. Like there's a legit like Kingston he, has a plan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, his uh, his TNA run didn't work out because he was crazy. Uh, Kami, do you know was was he the dude that supposedly abused Mia or not? Do you know which 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 one was that? What are you talking about? Didn't didn't Mia Yim date Eddie? Weren't they dating at some point or something? Oh, I did hear something. I, I don't know like the 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 sorted details behind that, but yeah. I do faintly remember that. All I know is, is that she has an ex that was very abusive, but she never says the guy's name. And then I, I don't want to come to right. conclusions, but <laughs> but yeah, Eddie has a track record of just kind of going into business for himself. I mean, entertaining wrestler, but I, I have heard I'll be negative suppo- stories I'll, I'll about be honest him in that you, way. I would think not, only because if that's true. And Yim's on the roster. How do you have? Him, how do you put him on that? I, it, 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 <laughs> that's a bad look. I mean, if that's true. 
I mean, they're, yeah. they're protecting well, um, Soda Popinski. What's the guy's name? Um, the the bald guy with the trunks. Um, I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. The the dude the 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 dude that's beaten all the cruiserweights and all that um what's his name I, I know you're talking Blanking. about I'm just gonna give his name yeah the 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 bald guy with the, with the angry bald bald dude oh uh, uh Oni Oni Larkin no no Oni, Oni, Oni Larkin, Larkin. The, he's on the main roster guy the dude that they're that they're protecting with the red trunks that's Oh, Lars Sullivan. Oh, Lars Sullivan. Sullivan. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Lars Sullivan. Guy. I mean, they're, but where is they're he? protecting where is Lars. He's he's, hurt. He's he blew injured. his knee out. Yeah, he blew his yeah. knee out. Oh, I didn't know that. He's gonna be yeah. out for yeah, the rest of the year. Yeah, but they're That's, they're, honestly, they're taking I would, care of risk, that guy, I would never so. wish. I would never wish injury on anyone, but that's probably for the better for him. He needs to be off TV. I was just gonna say that. about it. Let's It probably did him. It probably did him a favor. I was going to say the same thing, Chris. Yeah. It was probably, and it sucks, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But, yeah, I'm with you. It was probably the best thing that happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know? It'll give him a lot of time to reflect about whatever he said as well. So. Yep. All right. So that would be cool. I'll definitely check this out. Um, I always support Andy. I've been watching, like, yeah. uh, I want to give a shout-out to MLW. Shout-out to them. They did a pay-per-view. They've been quietly doing good business. They're going to be like a ring of honor. No, they didn't do a, pay- they didn't do a pay-per-view yet. They're going to. Oh, they're going to? Okay, well, they're going to do yeah, one, but, they, but I've heard Yeah, but MLW is going to run into them. the same problem. MLW is going to run into the same problem that everybody's running into right now. Is a lot of, well, not a lot, but a good chunk of their core talent are all double booked elsewhere. Like, you've got Conan. And maybe with the LAX departure, maybe Conan becomes more available for them. They got Pentagon and Phoenix, you know. But now Pentagon and Phoenix, like, you know, with the AEW stuff. Someone, someone, and I know nobody wants to do it because nobody wants to be that company. And I, I mean, I know AEW is doing it to a degree, but they're not doing it as hard as they could be. MJF is there. Janelle is there. Someone's going to have to eventually step up and tell everybody. The impression that I'm getting is that once TV starts, once TV for AEW starts, that's when they're going to be like, yeah, you know, lock it down. That's a good transition, though. The problem's going to be, though, that, you know, what the – and I heard that this is the one thing nobody took into consideration – with all the hoopla about AEW and all the excitement and this, that, and the other thing is, you know, you don't just walk into an arena where MLW's, you know, running a show and taping their TV and say, okay, I'm going to perform for you guys tonight. You have a deal with them as well. And eventually these deals, some, it's just going to happen. It's just the nature of life and the way things happen. Eventually there's going to be something where, Two things are going to conflict, and it's going to be you're going to force these guys to make decisions that aren't fair to ask them to make. You know, you know. Oh well, you got to choose the MLW show or you got to choose AEW. You got to choose Impact or you got to choose MLW or AEW. Right. That I mean, it's great that anyone can work anywhere, and and it's great in theory. 
But eventually, and it, like I said, it's just the nature of the way things are going to happen. Oh, we booked a big show for November 23rd. Uh, fuck. <laughs> you know? Well, okay, so the, if, if, if AEW is making guys employees, like Jericho said that he's an employee of AEW. If they're doing that, then yeah, you gotta do you. You can't be go like lollygagging back and forth. If, if AEW is trying to be different and and claim that they're independent contractors, then they they're gonna have to let these guys work where. But where then they the problem work. is gonna be because okay, so that's the AEW side of it. But now you're Court Bauer with MLW, and you're right. planning a TV taping this week. And you need the Lucha Brothers because they're 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 one of your top tag teams behind, you know, the new Heart Foundation, the Heart Dynasty, whatever they're called. And you're like, all right, Pentagon, all right, Phoenix, you know, we need you guys here Saturday night. We're taping TV. Boom. Just like we've uh-huh. done for the last year and a half. And then here comes yeah. Tony Khan. Oh, hey guys, listen, you know, we're gonna do this little free internet show on Saturday, and. uh you know, you guys have to be on it to put over the young bucks. What the fuck? If he's paying them comparable money, they better be. They gotta do it. They gotta do what the guy says to do, or don't. Here's the thing: I, I'm a bottom line person. If you are getting paid, and if you're, and if on top of that, well, um, MLW's paying them. It's not like they work yeah, at MLW so, for free. Yeah, so you got to go where you have to do. You have to go where the where the most where the so now ample yeah, amount you know of what, money You know what's is. gonna happen? You know what's gonna happen? Hey guys, what has AEW got planned for you? Well, you know we're gonna work with the Bucks, but we're not gonna put the Bucks over. Okay, fuck it. I'll put you in with the Heart Dynasty, and you go over the Heart Dynasty, and you win the MLW tag titles. Okay, we'll go to you. Like. Wh- you know, then that you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just gonna be, and sooner or later, it's gonna get into an ugly. Something's gonna happen with the yeah. way these, with the way these deals are construed. It's just like I said. It's just Murphy's law. Something's gonna happen when it's gonna be a and it's gonna be a big conflict. Like yeah, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised those crooked Mexicans in Texas didn't hunt down Pentagon and Phoenix the day after they had to cancel their indie show because those two guys, you know, bailed on the show. If this was 1983, those Pentagon and Phoenix would have been dead. dead already. The drug cartel would have got them. <laughs> would have been dead. Well, things have changed, thankfully. Well, um, yeah. right now we'll go into the, uh, the uh, fight for the fallen card. Fight for the fallen is going to be at the daily place i got a venue capacity of about 5500 uh, i've heard good things about it it's relatively new i haven't been there though opened may 27 2017 it's like an amphitheater i like amphitheater yeah yeah nice cool. intimate yeah every seat's a good yeah, seat amphitheaters are pretty cool right all right so we got we got six matches and we got two buy-in matches uh, the first buy-in matches. Uh, the first, I'm sorry. The first buy-in matches. Sony Kiss against Peter Avalon, the male librarian. And the second buy-in match is a six-man tag. 
We got Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela versus MJF, Sammy Guerrero, and Sean Spears. So those See, are the two buy-in matches. How is that a buy-in match? How is that a buy-in match? That should be on the main freaking show. No, I disagree, sir, because there is one thing I will give AEW. They are doing what WWF used to do. The entire point of a pre-show should be to excite you, pump you up, and to motivate people who haven't already committed to buy. WWE, at some point in time, they stopped that. They stopped that. Pre-shows are just random matches that nobody cares about. Hang on, hang on. I'm sold. Okay. The, uh, they have I, to do I, a make good for their if last pre-show, too. If that's your mindset behind it, that's fine. If mm-hmm. that's your mindset behind it, that's fine. But you understand my point. When you uh, hear the names involved, I mean, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Fears, I agree with you. this is a bad spot for them. But I will take your point mm-hmm. and say, I see that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old school thing. The what? That librarian angle that, that that they need to get that shit off before they're on TV. That's just garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I hear, from, from, from what I hear, from 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 what I hear, what they're going for is they're going for right to censor heat. Because the yeah, right to yeah. censor was yeah. legitimately annoying, but the right to censor, what made them more annoying, it wasn't their gimmick, it was their theme music. Fans legitimately did yeah. like right to censor's theme music. It was literally like, like literally, as soon as you heard the warning, warning, you just hear a chorus of boom. But it was you also, know? the thing with so, right to censor is it was always, it was these fun-loving guys that used to be provocative that are now, yeah, that's yeah. what gave them heat also. Yeah. I was telling people, okay, we're doing good now. Like the good, the good father and good father. Val Venus, yeah. you know, becoming <laughs> like a preacher or whatever. That's father. what made that over. The librarian stuff is stupid. I love AEW. It's dumb. That pre-show sucked. And they do, and I think by putting those matches on the pre-show, it'll do a better job of making good with, like you know, really trying to sell the show, um, but that pre-show and that last pay-per-view was just not good. Or the the um, what was it? Fighter Fest. It just was. It was not a good pre-show. It, it, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. So those are the two uh, main buy-in matches. Then for the main card, we got the Dark Order, and those were formerly the Smash Brothers, but they can't go by that name for copyright reasons because of Nintendo. So we got the Dark Order. Nintendo in about eight minutes. Yeah, Nintendo's pretty petty. So we got the Dark Order versus Angelico and Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. This is a three-way match, and the winner of this will advance to All Out for a first-round buy in a tournament for the AEW Tag Team Championships. So um, this will be a fun match. And then we got another tag match, which obviously is going to have other tag team implications. We're going to have SoCal Uncensored. Is it SCU? Yeah. Yeah, SCU, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky against the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Phoenix. So that's cool. Um, Adam Page is going to fight Kip Sabian in a regular singles match. Kenny Omega is going to fight uh, Seema yeah, in another I, I think, singles I think, match. I think Page heading into All Out needed a bigger match. No offense to Kip Sabian, but I think Page needed a bigger match. 
Right. And then Brandy Rhodes is uh, going to be fighting Allie. This is Brandy's first AEW heaven, match. Heaven forbid Brandy Rhodes goes over. That's all I'm saying. Heaven forbid <laughs> Brandy goes over. And then I'm assuming this is the main event, the Rose Brothers, Cody and Dustin. I against need my the young brother. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the young boxers make fun of that. So, yeah, real serious emphasis on tag team wrestling. So, one, two, three, four. Yeah, that's four tag team matches. So, real serious emphasis on tag teams. So, that's cool. Uh, should be a fun show. Um, I'm really just waiting for uh, All Out, but I'll check this out um, as well. And then Jericho. So. Jericho's cutting a promo at the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jericho's got a Yeah, Jericho's mm-hmm. showing up as well. So, yeah. uh, KME, you did a post on the wrestling console the other day where you said, uh-huh. um, you basically said, like, what what person could show up at AEW that, like, lets the world know they mean business. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that and, you know, explain your scenario and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was saying that um, who who's going to be their Lex Luger on the first, first episode of the TNT show? Like, that'll show... Like you know, we mean business. That we're not we're not here to mess around. I Don't think a, I think a debut like that on the TNT <laughs> show is going to be very important. And I think well, they need at least a one. debut like that. Well, if a if a debut like that happens, it's going to be either at All Out or their first episode on TV. One of those two who, shows, who, assuming who it happens. You, who are you looking to fill that role and? You better not say who I think they're going to say. No, I don't know who can fill it. I, I, I would want Randy Orton to do it, actually. I would, if, I, if I was okay. a, a person <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you somebody. something. I'm going to tell you yeah. something. And hear me out completely on this. Punk is not the guy. And I'll tell you why. Everyone is waiting for Punk to go there. So while the moment itself will be cool... There's not going to be that shock, oh, my God, I can't believe they got him. I, I think there are a lot of happen? people who have given up. I don't on, know I about that. given up on Punk. Uh, show him I, think, I don't know yeah, about I, that. And you know why, Chris? Here, here's what I got to say. Here's what I, gotta, I said no, this so on you. Hang on a second. I, I it's the say. point you brought up to me the other day. When you said... Something about the thing with Marty and AEW. Yeah. Well, Punk went that, out of his that. way to search it, which means Punk is still somewhat got, even if it's just a quarter of his eye, he's got it there. You know, hang on. The Young Bucks did their interview this week. We love Punk. We talk to him a lot on the phone. At the end of the day, it's his call. There's the connection. Right. Cody and then A.J. Lee just recently did AJ don't, Lee don't forget A.J. Lee just recently did that interview. They asked her at the end of the interview, do you want to come back? And she said, never say never, which right. is obviously yeah. something a wrestler would say. But if I, A.J. Right? comes back, then, of course, Punk is going to come back. He's going to support his wife. He's not going to let his wife come back, and he's not going to come back. You know, no, they would have to come but back I together. do think I, – I don't agree with John in the sense that no one – I think half the wrestling fans out there will be surprised by that. I, I don't know about that. that. I think 
Trump does not want to no, – no, there's going to be half the population that doesn't think he's coming back because I'm mm-hmm. part of that population. Yeah, I, here, I do not thing, believe though. Here's the thing, though. Is, I don't think he's coming back either. I think – and you want to know what told me he doesn't – he's not going to come back? I said this – I think I said it to you, Chris, or I said it in the PWP chat. Punk now has the mainstream notoriety he always wanted. And he got it without wrestling. And you want to know why I say that? Because two weeks ago, and you're going to laugh at this, but think about it, okay, in the big scheme of things. Punk did the opening on NBC for the NASCAR race at Daytona. Uh He did that. He didn't do it through WWE. He didn't do it through AEW. He didn't even do it through UFC. He did it through Phil Brooks. And that is all punk There's ever only done. one way. There's only but, one way on that I would I'm debut not, punk. On, and I'm not saying hang that. Hang on a second. Okay, we're going. Hang on a second. While I agree, I think he's done. Would I be, oh, my God, I just had a heart attack and fell off my chair if he showed up at All Out on that first TV? No, because you know what? The signs are there. Okay? There's going to be fans that are like that, though, man. To to me, it's not about about Punk coming back. It's it's not about how Punk comes back. It's about how it's done. So this is how I would do it, John. Let let me go ahead and get this one out. Punk back in a ring would be amazing. But as far as, like, the holy shit, how the hell did this happen? It's, It's not Punk. It's not. Because you know what? I can give you this a, is how you do it with a punk. year long. This, this, this is how you do it with Punk, and I know Nate will appreciate this. There's only one way that I would bring Punk in, assuming that it's possible. Um, Jericho in storyline, you know, he feels, you know, Jericho always goes through these transformations. His current transformation is he's just entitled heel. That feels like in kayfabe, the only reason AEW is happening is because of him. The only reason it's a success is because of him. The only reason they're selling out everything is because of him. So kayfabe, Jericho thinks that basically his existence is the only reason AEW is going. And after he beat Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing, he was like, where's my thank you? Where's my thank you? I demanded thank you. And then Moxley debuted and gave him the dirty deeds or whatever he's calling it now. And, and Jericho's still doing this, where's my thank you? Like, if you go on his Twitter, mm-hmm. he's still doing, like, right. these short videos of, like, where's my thank you? Like, right. They just did one the other day where this he's like, I still haven't me. received yeah. my thank you. Right. So what you do is you do all out at Chicago, and you have him beat Paige. You have him become the first AEW champion in Chicago. It's going to get mega heat. Everyone's going to want Paige to win, not Jericho. And then Jericho's going to cut a mic, he's going to get a mic, he's going to cut a promo, and he's like, I'm the first AEW champion, first main event, where is my thank you? Where is my thank you? It's going to be just mega heat, lights go out, in the world. lights come back on, Punk is in there, gives Jericho a go to sleep, crave crowds going ape shit, right? He gets the microphone, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? What's he going to say? All he says is, you're welcome, thank Chris. Thank you. And he leaves. No, no, have him say thank you. Have him say thank you. Because you know what you – no, no, no. Hear me out, Chris. Let me pick you back. Because then you could have Punk, when he does cut his first promo, the reason why I said thank you is because when I thought this business was dead to me, when I thought I was dead for this business, you made me realize I need to come back. Something along those lines. Right, right, right. 
But outside of Punk, though, um, you gave another good one, Katie. Orton's another one. From what I understand, Orton's contract expires next year, hasn't resigned yet. Um, me personally, uh, uh, a name, I mean, and this is only under the assumption that New Japan and AEW uh, get on better terms. To me, a name would be like an Okada or a Naito if they were just to show up at like their first TV taping, only because the perception right now is it's just AEW. And so if a, yeah. if a, if a huge New Japan guy like Okada or Naito, but really Naito, because Naito AEW, has the same I... kind of, I don't, you going? I think AEW needs to be just AEW for now, though. No, no, no. They do need they they, they do need names in that company, and um, they need names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't. I, I agree. They, they just need to do their own thing with another they company, need names. especially New Japan, because but, I, we've talked about this before. When New Japan gets into bed mm-hmm. with another company, New Japan likes to be the dominant one. AEW does not need that. AEW does not need to run a yeah, show that's with true. New Japan and have the, all their guys. But, and I'm but not talking answer, about Jericho, Cody, and the Bucks. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the MJF, the Janelles. They don't need those guys fed to New Japan guys. That's what they don't need. But, but they the need answer, names, but, but the answer came the question. The only person that I can see just being Lex Luger, because what made the whole Luger thing work was just how casual Luger just walked out there. Like he yeah. looked like he didn't belong there, but at the same time seemed like he did. It's really hard to pull that off. Like the first person that comes to my mind is a Naito, because Naito kind of has that same, the same demeanor mm-hmm. that Raven had. Raven kind of had like this, I don't really give a shit demeanor, but I kind of do. Naito kind of has the same thing going. And if he showed up, it would, it would cause a huge buzz because the perception yeah. is, wow, they're not doing what business with New Japan, thing, but if you see Naito, you'd be like, oh, okay. And I don't know how you would pull it off anywhere in today's age is the fact that that nitro was in the mall. It wasn't like it yeah, was that in the arena awesome. where mm. it was like a set stage mm. area. Like, I think that Luger thing would have lost its effect if Luger just would have walked down a ramp. Because then it would have been obvious. Obviously, but, he was in the back. You. Yeah, thank, you for bring, thank you for bringing that up, like, John. Because I've got to explain that to you any know, of the younger listeners out there. To, to any of your listeners who, you know, were born, like, in the early 2000s or whatever, you know, and to WWE's credit, when they had their show on the network, uh, the Monday Night Wars, you know, some of it is a little biased, but to their credit, they actually had the actual comments from Vince where he said he actually didn't take Nitro seriously until he saw the yeah. Mall of well, let me rephrase that. He didn't take WCW seriously until he saw the Mall of America Nitro. Now, to any younger fans out there, it's going to be hard to understand that by today's standards. So, if you're a younger fan and if you have the WWE Network, the best thing I can recommend for you is to go on the network and just look at random episodes of Raw from 1994 and 1995. Just look at visually how the Raws look, and then look at the first episode of Nitro way better visually than what WWF was putting out during that period of time. That's the stuff that Vince pays attention to. He's all yep. about the visuals, the production, pyro, yep. the set, the ring, the production. That's how you get well, yeah, Vince's you got, attention. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you're missing the point to a degree there. There was none of that. It was just the ring, and the mold was just basically shut down. Not that, and not that, and what people yeah. forget is it's not like the mall shut it down. The mall had every intention of doing it in our West Court. It's going to be this wrestling show, great. So many people engulfed on it 
that that's what ended up shutting the you know the mall down at that point. It was the fans I've always that been so curious about that show. I wonder what the locker room yeah. was. They just take over a store. Well, I used to just <laughs> do those shows. The locker the room. Show, one thing I'll give Eric Bischoff is I used to love those shows. They were just so aesthetically good looking. Like that Mall of America yeah. show. Anytime they went to the Club Navila. Like yep. even like the, mm. the redneck hot that's, wild that's bullshit. strong point. Yeah, yeah, he, that, that's that's a big strong point. People are people are getting misled. People are getting misled yeah. about the Bischoff SmackDown thing. When he takes off SmackDown, that's the stuff that you're going to really see change. You know, because when SmackDown yep. started, SmackDown used to have the visually pleasing set, the big fist, and yeah. and I remember like they're they're they had, they had like the, um, you know, like the little circle logo thing. It was it was visually different. Their theme music was like faster. Yeah. When Bischoff takes mm-hmm. over and when they move to Fox, you're going to see more of that influence. Yeah. Bischoff, booking-wise, yeah. is kind of 50-50. But as a but producer, he knows question, what he's doing. That's... To answer your question, as far as, like, what they used for a locker room, because this is how old as dirt I am. I was 19. Um, I, the story was they used they, – where they set up, they set up in an area where, like, the mall would have – their janitorial stuff, and their offices. Yeah. So that's what got used as production and the locker room. They just found this empty, you know, office, I guess, storage room area, and that's what they made the locker room. That's what right. made that it was Luger a, that work. Was... Like, like, if Luger, like I said before, if Luger would have walked out of down a ramp, it's like, all right, He's there, obviously. He's with WCW. But the fact that it gave the impression like, well, wait a minute. Was Lex Luger just walking around the mall and just decided to show up at Nitro? <laughs> I know that's... Yeah, you got to remember, too. You got to remember, too. He wrestled the night before WWF. Yeah. That Sunday. He wrestled the, he wrestled the night before. before. And yeah. he was advertised. Yeah. WWE used to, like, run that show Superstars, you know, syndicated. He was advertised as that Saturday morning to face a bulldog at the In Your House event. That he was going to face bulldog because they had just broken up the Ally Powers. And, um, you know, they were going to run that feud. I was actually at Madison Square Garden when they first tried that. Like, that's July. No, 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 no. Bulldog comes out. They were coming out for a tag match against somebody. And bulldog takes the mic. And Bulldog's like, I need to ask everybody a favor. I need to wait, ask wait, hold on you for a all second, not John. to. Ch- Nate, when yeah. the time runs out, does the episode end, or you just can't call in after that? No, it keeps recording for like an. Well, you do a two-hour show, so you get an extra hour. Yeah, it just, oh, cool. it just records, but nobody can call in. That's the only thing. So you can't oh, call okay. back in. All right. Well, if, okay. yeah, you can't call back in. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, quick, well keep like, going then. All right. Uh, continue, keep yeah, right. like Bulldog. Bulldog grabs the mic at MSG, and he's like, I need to ask everybody to do me a favor. I need you to stop chanting USA when we come out, because I'm not from here. I'm from England, and when you do that, it offends me. Dude, I mean, you want to talk about a place turning on somebody? It happens. (laughs) He has a miscommunication with Luger in the tag match. They lose the tag match because he walks out on Luger. So, again, massive heat. I forget what the main event was, but 
it was like a huge massive run in at the end. Like Yoko runs out, Owen runs out, Luger runs out, Michaels and Diesel run out, I think Sid runs out, and then Bulljuk just comes out like strolling. And like people were booing him and it was like he literally at one point, I'll never forget this, there were people brawling on both sides of the ring and he literally just stood in the middle of the ring and then left. And it was like Fuck, they're turning Bulldog heel. Too bad uh, WWF couldn't get an imposter Lex Luger, the, the no package or something, you know. <laughs> Flex Booger or something, I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, KME, did you, uh, wait, KME, did you ever, um, what what person do you think it could be? Did you ever give a person? I don't know if you did. Yeah, he said Orton. Orton. I want it to be somebody that's oh, kind of like just completely out of left field. Like, um, I just want some. Like, I just I think that that's just needed. I do think AEW should do its own thing, but I do think in in, in their initial stages, they're gonna need people that people you know. Who, know. You know what? You, it's gonna have to be, especially in today's day and age, and especially with the way WWE is approaching people about contracts a yeah. year out already, you're going to need, it's going to need to almost be a legend. Because you're right. not going to get, you're not going to get, I'm just throwing a name out here, Finn Balor to show up on AEW because they're going to know, like, you're going to know his contract status. They're going to do everything in their power to, Lock him up. They're already negotiating with guys who have deals coming up next year. There's nobody really, and anybody who would have been up around the time of the AEW show has already been locked up as far as deals go. So you're not going to get that, you know, Nakamura all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, shows up. Or even anybody, if they got released today, their 90 days wouldn't be up until after the show debuted anyway. You know, what are we at? Yeah, well, it depends on the kind of, the kind of um, bread You're gonna need... that um, Tony Khan wants to break, man. I mean, you can, you can buy wrestlers out of contracts. That's not against the law. I mean, you, you, think, wanna, you, think, you really want to make a Tony Khan called Vince right now. And said, "Hey Vince, how much would it cost me?" No, no, you're not going to call Vince. This is, this is how, so this is how contracts work in, in those situations. He doesn't have to call Vince. He could tell the wrestler. Maybe the wrestler, if he has a wrestler that really wants to burn Vince, yeah, he's but, like, "Yo, I'll buy you out of your contract, and you can come to AEW no and be in it." But there is no way in hell you're. Walking out of a contract today, and you don't think Vince isn't gonna fucking tie your ass up? There's no way, because they'll just turn around. No, this. I mean, this if you, all you have to do is, like I'm saying, if if you wanted to make some really really big noise, then then, then this, see, this is how sports in general you know is supposed to work. Jeremy McDivitt will have Tony Khan bent over in a courtroom if that happens. Like, yeah. you you could sue for contract tampering. You can't sue for buying out of a contract. That's what all those Hart Foundation guys did when they left WWE. To me, guys, it just seems like if the company actually cares about you, if they see you as a talented person, 
they're more likely to to not let you go. But if they literally don't care, then they'll let you go. Like Ty Dillinger, okay, yeah. Sean Rhino, Spears just said, "Yo, I'm Rhino, out." They won't do mm. the shit out of TNA for Rhino showing up two weeks early, you know, at anniversary. Yeah. But if you're Nakamura, Rusev, Balor, you don't think and, they're not going to fucking I'm gonna give on a, that? Right, and then and then I'm going to give a shout out to to Solo Monster because Solo Monster gave a good explanation for for Luke Harper, why he thinks that Luke Harper, why they told him no, because like what Solo Monster said is that Luke Harper is a guy that fans know is talented, and fans know that he didn't get used the best way that he could have gotten used. So for a guy like Harper, if he was to go elsewhere like a New Japan or an AEW and do some good business, then that just simply highlights, like, wow, what the fuck was WWE doing with this guy? You know, like, it it, it kind of creates a perception that they don't know what they're doing in comparison to someone who wasn't used as much, like Sean Spears. Right. Sean Spears, a.k.a. Tom Dillinger, like, he wasn't really used on TV. But let's say this, if Dillinger asked them, if he asked them, uh, after that all all out shove, can I go? Uh, can you release the? He would have gotten the no treatment as well. He asked at the perfect time to ask that crap. I also heard there are people that believe Dillinger is just that a gimmick. I heard there are people that see Spears, they don't, and and he's gonna have to prove this. He's gonna have to prove this now. There are people that looked at Spears simply as a gimmick. And that's why it was like, sure, you can go. There was no fear of I mean, know, him showing up and putting I, on I, a five-star or four-star match and being like, see, this is what you had. Yeah. There, there's, there's, I mean, honestly, that's, that's, like, that that's after, like 70% of the roster, though, for being real. If it was, you know. if it was post-All Out, they would have they – they, if he would have asked him the day after All Out, Vince McMahon would have said, hell no, you got to stay here. Because that's what he's doing to everybody. Mike fucking Canales. Seriously, you're going to pay this guy 500000 a year so you could emasculate him and job about like, uh, <laughs> like, there's a, there's, they're not, they don't want anybody going there, man. If, 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 if they still had Virgil under contract and Virgil threatened <laughs> to go to AEW, they would sign Virgil to a $500,000 a year contract. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I, I think John dropped. I probably had some connection issues. Hey, I was going to um, say. Um, I remember. Okay. Oh, no, I was going to ask, you know, for the for the debut episode besides Punk, I, I just want to say, you know, a Damian Sandow character, I think, or um, Rusev and Lana would be kind of yeah, cool yeah. if they could get out of their contracts. Yeah. would be cool. Or um, yeah, yeah, even yeah, Ryback. Yeah, yeah. I know Ryback they, they wants totally... to get back into wrestling. You know, but we'll see. Yeah, they. Oh yeah, yeah. Ryback's another one. They, they totally fucked with Rusev. They just, you know, they fucked him over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thank you for mentioning oh. Damian Sandow. I wanna, I wanna talk about. Um, the, well, I, I didn't want to talk about him. I just want to mention him briefly. Damian Sandow was a character. He wasn't a wrestler, you know, because you know people pissed me off because like after he left and he went to Impact and his run was just so-so, and then people were like, well, if he was as good as you say he was. He would have did more. Sandow wasn't – he didn't get over for his wrestling. He got over for his character. He's actually one of the few dudes that's better in WWE. 
because in WWE he can just be goofy. Like he, like the the little stunt double stuff he was doing with Miz. Yeah, that doesn't really work <laughs> in Impact or Ring of Honor or New Japan. That can only work in WWE. So for a guy like him, when he got released, there was really nowhere else to go. There's no difference between Elias and Sandow. Elias, he's not popular for his in-ring. He's popular for his character and his comedy and his segments. As soon as the bell rings, you know, you kind of zoom out. The only difference between Elias and Sandow is, for whatever reason, creative just likes Elias, and they actually have plans for him, but they didn't have plans for Sandow. Sandow was just a guy that they just gave this mass, what was it, the intellectual savior of the masses gimmick or something. They they didn't think much of it, you know. It was a gimmick that he borrowed from Macho Man's brother, and, you know, he made it work, and, and, and he got it over. And I don't care what anybody says. You know, a lot of WWE apologists like to say stuff like, you know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, he, he got it over, you know. He got over without them, and they clearly got mad about it, you know. so. Oh, you know what? One um, more guy. I forgot. Stu Bennett, too. Uh yeah, he would. He'd be a good debut character too. Oh wait, I always oh, felt yeah, bad for him. Oh yeah, Wade Barrett. Wade yeah, Barrett. Yeah, he was, he I always felt bad for him. He got fucked stuff. over, you know, with Cena and then the injuries and shit like that. Like, damn, you know. Hey, but, yeah, uh, he's a cool dude. Oh, but yeah, we've one, been going one thing for I want to say, Chris. Yeah, I just want to say the, the mm-hmm. whole thing about Punk and stuff like that. If he does show up at like All Out, I guarantee the first episode on uh, TNT, it's going to be higher rated. Then Raw and SmackDown that week, you know. So there we go. At least for Punk segment, because uh, I don't know what John's thinking he's not going to draw. His segment's going to draw maybe three, four million fans. I would think to watch just to see him cut a promo on the first episode on TNT. So I know I don't know. That's mm-hmm. what I think. If he, if he if he does show up, so I mean hopefully he does, you know. But I don't know. It's up to Punk. You know, because I always, I always go back to that documentary. Remember, he said, you know, I want to change wrestling for the better, and I can't do this sitting in my home in Chicago. He just goes back and watch it, yeah. and now you just take AEW as a new upstart company, and it's also a big f you to WWE. You know, so you know, I think he, you know, I think he really wants to like stick it to WWE. I don't know why. You know, I just, you know, the way sh- shit just happened. So I think, and you know, he's friends with the Young Bucks and Cody, so. You know, it's time. If he doesn't show up, then fuck it. I don't know when. I mean, I know this whole UFC contract doesn't expire until, like, January, February, but he can get out of that commentary contract from UFC if he talks to, you know, Dana White. You know, so I don't think that UFC thing is holding him back. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty much just that. You know, like, we'll be we'll be finding out very soon. You know, I'd say pretty much if nothing happens after all out, then I would say then, yeah, he probably is done. I mean, I thought before that it was unlikely, but this is pretty much the last chance, I'd say, if he does, if nothing happens here, then I think everybody should just accept that, you know, it's over. I've said it before I mean, on your show many times, Nate, on Inside Wrestling. If Punk doesn't want to perform again, that's fine. He's always one of my favorites. The only issue I have, as I said before, like, as a wrestler, like, you know, wrestling fans, we have good memories, you know? Like, we remember stuff. And CM Punk's last image was just being choke slammed through a table by Kane at that, you know, Royal Rumble, the one that fans booed because Batista won. That wasn't really a good that's, – that's not the best way to go out on, you know. And yeah. I feel like if you want to go – if you want to go out, like, go out on a high note. And I just – like, I believe that Punk was frustrated. I, I believe 
that at that you know I, I believe everything that he says about him not really knowing what they were doing and, and what the company was doing but I just can't believe that deep down in his heart of hearts that he wants his last memory to be choke sand through a table like I, I can't believe that I'm sure a part of him wanted yeah. to get a better send off you even, know I mean, even I don't know if the UFC contract not, but... even the UFC contract for Venom to go over there for like until like next year like January or February just show up to the show, you know, bring his wife, popcorn, soda, we got tickets, sit in the front row, can't see the big boys, and that's it. He doesn't have to wrestle, doesn't have to cut a promo, and the fans will lose their shit, you know? Just get the popcorn and soda, that's all. It's make great TV. The diet soda, just, the same diet soda. Diet soda, yeah, diet Pepsi. Yeah, diet Pepsi. The diet Pepsi. You know? <laughs> you stole my soda. But, uh, oh, man, I don't know. So... I don't know. I, I'm holding out hope for so. Punk to show up because I, I, I really just want to see, you know, him come back and help develop AEW. And then, um, he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't even have to wrestle like 10, 12 times a year. You know, a match here and there, a tag match, one match here with Jericho, do some commentary with Jim Ross. You know, that's all he's got to do. You know, get eyes on the product, and then you build from there. You build up your young stars. You build up some veterans that you have, and then that's how AEW goes for the future, you know. So. It will force WWE to be yep. better, and that's the whole thing. That I think that's what fans want: old products to be better. You know. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. All right, man. Uh, thanks for calling in, Nate. Really appreciate it. And uh, you have a terrific good week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, right. and uh, you guys have a good week. All right, later.